0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Romero Records Podcast. We're going to start off by giving you some of our sponsors. First off, we've got the Coffee Ride. The Coffee Ride makes amazing coffee. I'm telling you, they've got ingredients from all over the place. Exotic flavors, flavors, flavor, flavors, such as Ethiopian blends with strawberry, white grape, creamsicle, and jasmine. It's crazy. Their bags are biodegradable. Their farmers are paid well and local. One goal is to be able to ride their coffee to each home in order to avoid the use of gasoline or cars in general. It's crazy. Do us all a favor and order from this local company at thecoffeeride.com and receive 20% at checkout with the code ROMERA. That's R-O-M-E-R-A. We're also brought to you by Simper Savage. Simper Savage has done the work for you when it comes to making a salad dressing. Now, When I spoke to the owner of Simper Savage, he described to me that he wanted to have a salad dressing with no sugar, none of those added preservatives, none of that extra crap. Well, guess what? He is delivered. Simper Savage has none of those added sugars, none of that extra crap, none of that extra salt, those preservatives, none of that. This goes great as marinating meat. It goes great as marinating your veggies. Is that a thing? Do you marinate the veggies, or is it just a dressing? Anyways, put Semper Savage on everything. It's like hot sauce. You know, you put hot sauce on everything. Do the same thing with Semper Savage dressing. It's amazing. Use code Records at checkout at SemperSavage.com. That is S-E-M-P-E-R-S-A-V-A-G-E.com. We're also brought to you by FNX. Yes, FNX. They are formulated by athletes for athletes. You can expect to fill your shelves with high-quality supplements. Dude, FNX has CBD oil, BCAAs, creatine, protein. You can get it all at FNXfit.com. Use code SUPA, not super, super, SUPA, S-U-P-A, H-E-N-D-O, 15, to get 15% off your order at checkout. superhindo 15 Don't forget that every item purchased, that's a gallon of water. Think about this. They donate a gallon of water. I, I was too excited to, f- to finish my sentence, but they donate a gallon of water for every item purchased. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah, go check out FNXfit.com. We're also brought to you by Magic Spoon. Now, at first I was really skeptical about Magic Spoon. Their cereal is pretty good. All right, so check this out. You know when you really want a bowl of cereal, but you feel kind of bad about eating it, basically? Well, Magic Spoon is a protein-packed cereal. Now, it's got zero grains, zero sugars, and three net carbs. Now, go ahead and do the Semper Savage and marinate on that, all right? So, everybody knows that they want to have cereal late at night when you're about to go to bed. Add a little protein to that. And how about zero carbs and zero sugars? Get some Magic Spoon in your life. Use code Saves. That's H-E-N-D-O-S-A-V-E-S. Saves, And you're going to get a good little discount at magicspoon.com. All right. Welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on...
1: Nadia
0: call. How's it going, Nadia? It's going
1: good. Good,
0: good. So I had you on from Tori in about a minute. Yeah, no joke. Yeah,
2: that happened so <laughs> fast.
0: She, um, so she texted me back, I, no joke, in probably about a minute. And I was like, that was fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, when – when she texts you, like, what were, you, what was your, like, immediate reaction? Like, she didn't even tell me what you said. Like, I didn't know if it was just, like, a straight yes or... Oh,
1: I was down for it completely. You just super excited. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, opportunity's fun. Like, I love nice. talking and I love talking about things I'm passionate about. So, I was ready for it.
0: Nice. So how like how do y'all know each other i know you're from this area right yes okay so how do y'all know each other
1: it was mainly from social media but i actually was in a music video for her her walk prefix recently so the relationship just kind of culminated through that
0: nice nice yeah um i actually i i I saw the video because um i was like with tori we haven't done any real work together other than like the podcast and some other stuff but like uh, as far as music-wise, we haven't done any work together. So I I believe Tori is a great musician. So mm-hmm. when I believe in somebody, I invest in them. And um, you can – if – Ryan Olson was in – God, how many podcasts ago was that? It was a few podcasts ago, but I had a guy on named Ryan Olson. Now we're friends and – I have like given him random stuff. He's like, dude, stop giving me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but as I, when I believe in people, I believe in what they're doing. I invest in them. Yeah. So I went ahead and got like a subscription through her OnlyFans, and I was like, this is because you know I, I believe in what she's doing, and I, and I want to invest in her craft. And I so love I, that. I, I think people, uh, I think they fail to do that a lot of times with their friends or any anybody that they just happen to be in the same career mm-hmm. field with is. You know, you just got to kind of believe in people and support them. and
1: You do because in, at the end of the day, that's what pushes them to keep going further. You know, yeah. fans are everything, but when it comes to people you personally know, people who are close to you that make you feel like you're doing something very important. And I feel like that's what really pushes people.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know, like, I don't know how Memphis is for real because I've only been here since April of
2: 2019.
0: Oh, really? And um, it's, it's really been – really fun like getting to know the people that I have because a lot of them end up working together and like Mm -hmm. so uh Ryan who I was just talking about he's an audio engineer so Tori went to him and got a song recorded and then I've worked with um somebody else and they're like oh I know that person uh Reggie so I had a guy on he's a rapper Reggie A and um I also had a guy on that does music videos, and his name is SS Productions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I was watching one of Reggie's videos while he was here, and uh, he was, and I was like, oh, SS. I had him on a podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool getting those people yeah. all connected and everything. Memphis
1: so. is a very tight-knit community. Oh, okay. Like, we're just a small, big city. It just seems like everybody knows each other, or they know somebody that knows the other person. And so it's very easy to get in contact
0: Nice. I mean, do do you like that about the area? Do you?
1: I think it has its pros and cons. Okay. I like that because it is great for networking, but at the same time, it's only so many people here as well. Yeah. So yeah. it just, you know, it has its pros and cons.
0: So you you basically, you know, you don't like it because it can limit you know your your fan base. You know, yes. the people who are uh, wanting to view your stuff and that. That that gets tough, and have you, have you ever thought about moving?
1: Oh, I think about moving all the time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think about moving all the time, but I don't know where, would where I to go. you move wa- to? I don't even know where I want to go yet. Uh, you know, I've considered Las Vegas. I love Vegas. Yeah. Um, I've considered Atlanta, New York, places like that, but my heart hasn't really found anywhere yet, and I don't think it's my time to leave Memphis just yet. Mm. I, I think I still got a, a year or so left here, so...
0: Do you think you can target people in different areas, even even just staying here?
1: (laughs) I mean, yes, I've done it multiple times. But when it comes to getting a different audience, when it comes to what I do, it's basically just using social media when I travel, tagging certain things, um, using apps like Tinder. It's so easy to find new clientele and new people to network
3: with.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So like, what, what would you say is your main... It's like the main thing you use. Like a lot of people will mainly use like Instagram for their like that's how they target people. Mm-hmm. What would you say like how you how you get people to view your stuff? Like what would you say is your main thing?
1: I wanna say Instagram, but I've recently learned that it's Facebook.
0: Facebook? Yes. Wow. I
1: did a poll recently on my site and I asked people how they found me the most Mm -hmm. and everybody voted Facebook. There was a few Instagram, a few Twitter, a few Snapchat, (laughs) but Facebook was like the game changer.
0: So is it your like Nadia Cole Facebook Mm -hmm. or so it's your just real person? Yes. So is it, so how long have you had that Facebook?
1: I've actually had that Facebook for probably 11 plus years. But recently is when I just started adding back just about almost everybody that added me, just kind of using it as like a a networking page rather than a personal page. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what paid off in the end.
0: Oh, okay. So how, how do people, how are they finding you on Facebook that you're just like,
1: Facebook is just easy for people to pop up on because mm. once you have a certain number of mutual friends, it's, you know, there's – on Facebook, there's that, like, bar where it shows people to add and people oh, yeah, you yeah. May yeah. know. <laughs> and I guess I just Which pop up on it. You Which know, it is super creepy sometimes. It's so creepy. Like, and the thing with Facebook, too, is if you don't change the settings on your phone – um, if you're in the same, like, room as somebody, like, same venue, mm-hmm. they can literally find your Facebook because it's a location thing. Oh,
0: snap. So, yeah. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: It's very crazy.
0: Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you find these people and, and they start adding you and stuff like that, do you feel obligated to post, like, certain stuff to cater to what, you know, your, your fans are, are really mm-hmm. wanting to see or do you just, like, Ah, uh, it's Facebook. You know, I just post what I what I feel like posting.
1: Yeah. Well, for the most part, I kind of do both. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I feel like posting, and then I'll also consider the type of people I have on my Facebook and how to market. Okay. And that's just I like to market to just about everyone yeah, because yeah. I like to have you know different varieties of people who want to come see myself because I'm a very multifaceted person. I'm yeah, not yeah. just one one type. All. I can do, literally, all of it. So. Oh. Okay. I like to just you know play with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when. Uh, Okay. So first of all, what is your like main thing that you do?
1: My main thing that I do is dancing.
0: Okay. So dancing is your, Mm -hmm. so when it comes to dancing, like what would you say uh, people are looking for? Like what kind of content are they wanting to see?
1: Like in the club, you say, or yeah, whatever. just in general? So
0: so first of all, if you're in a club? Yes, okay. I'm in a club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're starting with basics.
2: I yeah, don't so I don't know anything. The
1: basics. I dance in a club. Okay. Uh, locally I've traveled a few times as well. But when it comes to I guess what people want to see is they just want to see naked women. That's yeah, yeah. that's about it. But at the same time, it's that's not all that the club is, and that's not all that being a stripper is. Yeah. A lot of people will think that it's just dancing, but in reality, we're therapists. We are friends. We are talking to people about literally anything and everything. So dancing is probably a good 20% of the job.
0: Mm, okay. So when you are so – how much p- content can you really post of of the dancing? Are you just talking of about like at-home stuff?
1: Um. I think it depends. It depends on the club that you're working at as well and what they allow for you to post. Mm. Um, I tend to be on the club's pages a lot. So yeah. they'll post what they want of me dancing um, other clubs are less strict and you can, you know, take videos of you dancing on their stage and share that. But when it comes to dancing at home, I just upload that to my OnlyFans or, I, uh, you know, sell that to people separately.
2: Okay.
0: So at the clubs, do they like, do they have like a set time? It's like before, you know, if it opens at like six or something like that, do you just get there a little early and take videos or is it like during your actual time, like when you're actually working?
1: Um, I would do it on slow days, days mm. that are like early on a Sunday night maybe mm-hmm. when it's nobody in there because I don't want to get any customers in the video. I don't want to get any other women in the video, oh. just me. So it would have to be a very slow night.
0: Oh, okay. So where are you at?
1: I'm at know? Purple Diamond. Currently. Purple Diamond? hmm
0: So... If you had to rank <laughs> the places around here, how would you rank them? Is Purple Diamond like at the oh, top? Oh,
1: Purple or? Diamond's number one. There's, number one? Okay. There's no doubt about that. You could say I'm biased because I genuinely haven't worked at the other clubs, but I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> Purple Diamond. So you is only club. work there? Mm-hmm. Okay. They only work there here. And I just, the place is great. The management is great. The women are great. I love the customer base as well. And it's just, it's no reason for me to try anywhere else here.
0: Okay. So when you I don't know did you did you try anywhere else?
1: Like outside of here or in this here? City? Yeah, in this no, area. I didn't. Um, it was just like the first place. It was the first place I went to. I had never even been in a strip club before I worked
0: <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> That's crazy. I
1: had never been in one before. I did not know what to expect. And I had a connection, so I decided to go. Dang. And got hired on the spot and it was just no reason for me to try anywhere else. I just loved it there.
0: So as far as dancing wise, like what what prior history did you have with dancing? Like, did you do any kind of like ballet as a
2: kid? When I was like... younger, I did ballet. You did yeah. ballet, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: When I was younger, and then after that, I got into sports a little bit, but okay. I hadn't done anything since I was younger. Mm. But I had a, I had the desire to, so it yeah. eventually, was going to come back up somewhere or other.
0: So what what made you take the jump into dancing at a club?
1: I was working at a restaurant beforehand, and I was doing just about everything. I was. They didn't have like a management position, but they had a supervisor, which was the highest I could go there. So I was doing that. I was cooking. I was serving. And it just got to the point where I was doing too much. And I felt that even though I was getting paid a great rate for a restaurant, I wasn't being paid enough for my time and my mental health. And mm. I could feel my mental health just deteriorating. Yeah, And I didn't want to get back into that space again. So in my mind, I was thinking, what can I do where I can make more money than what I'm doing now? with doing less work and being happy (laughs) and you know some people are just like they're like that's not a thing that's not a thing but it is and I decided you know that night I went home and I was just thinking myself what can I do what can I do and I saw on YouTube a dancer Mm -hmm. I saw her I believe what was her name nina's 420 life i believe it was never heard of her and she's she's a stripper in la and i think she goes between la and atlanta but i watched some of her videos and i was really inspired i was like wow strippers make a lot of money yeah strippers (laughs) strippers make a lot of money they get to be free i've always felt very good in my own body so i was like you know what like i can try this at the time i hardly knew any dance moves I, was, I had to practice in the mirror a little bit. I was going to teach myself as much as I knew before I made the jump. Mm. And finally, once I worked up the courage, I went in. Didn't even have to audition. They just hired me, so I was very thankful for that. And the next week after that, I just observed other dancers and figured out what my routine would be from there.
0: So YouTube.
1: <laughs> YouTube, man. It's, a, it's YouTube. a killer. It is a killer. And I learned how to do as much as I could on my own.
0: So is there like... Other than the the female you were just talking about, like, is that is that, I don't know, a thing where you just go and find these specific people who were just, like, killing it and then you just watch what they do?
1: Um, A little bit, yes. I was doing my research. I'm a type of person where I don't like to jump into things blind. I like mm. to, you know, kind of see what I'm doing. I like to hear other people's research perspectives it. first. Yeah, I wanted to research. So I watched Nina's 420. I also watched a woman named Jasmine Black. I watched her videos. And they both had very interesting perspectives on stripping because they danced in different cities. Mm. But I didn't know any Memphis strippers to, like, ask advice from. So I was still wow. kind of going in a little bit blindfolded. Yeah. But I had a bigger idea and from people who were in places that are a lot more competitive than Memphis. So I went in, like, pretty, you know, ready. Mm. Ready for whatever it could throw at me, I felt like.
0: Mm, okay. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a... I feel like stripping is a very hard thing to like get information from because of what you were talking about earlier. Like Mm -hmm. the club doesn't want you just like taking video all the time. And even your content, you're like, I don't want two other girls in my video and like one of my customers, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's kind of hard to like find people who are killing it other than like taking a trip to Las Vegas and just going to the clubs and stuff like that. I would yeah. assume they're doing the best. I would assume, like, L.A., Vegas, um, Atlanta, and I don't know where else. But, like, I would feel like those cities are probably killing it more than anybody else. Maybe, mm-hmm. like, Miami
2: or yeah. somewhere like that.
1: Atlanta's, like, a stripper city. Really? <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't danced in Atlanta yet. I'd love to one day, but mm. – yeah, as far as stripping goes, there's no one way to do it. Yeah. And there's nobody there guiding you necessarily unless there's like a, what we call a veteran stripper, which is like the oldest who's been there the longest are called the veterans. Uh, unless a veteran stripper is willing to, you know, show you around and show you the ropes. It's really, you just learn by messing up consistently. How,
0: how frequent is that?
1: Oh, all the time. Even I still mess up sometimes.
0: Well, no, I'm talking about like a veteran.
1: Oh, like a veteran stripper (laughs) helping somebody. Um,
0: I would assume this is just me, but I would assume y'all aren't nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure y'all have a good community, but.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think it depends when it comes to like the friendliness of the club. I think it depends on where you're at. Yeah. And especially if it's your home club or not. Like Mm. for, I did have some rude people when I first started, but for the most part, my club is very family-like, which Mm. I really love. But I've noticed that when I travel, the girls of that home club can either be really, really sweet or they can act very competitive. You're
0: in their territory.
1: Yeah, it's like a (laughs) territorial thing. And to me, I just – I never view it as competition. Okay. Because I just see it as like I'm going to make what I'm supposed to make and you're going to make what you're supposed to make. And that's just divine to me. Like that's just a part of my mentality.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't
1: feel like I need to compete with the next woman because the next woman isn't me and I'm not her. So everybody likes what they like. Everybody will get their piece of cake. Yeah,
0: so. somebody just, was telling me about when uh, Stormy Daniels came in the area. Like all the all the strippers that were at the club that she went to were like they were hating on her because it's, <laughs> you know, like she's a really famous person, yeah. and so but she's not a real stripper. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she, she did porn and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and that's what she's mainly known for. So for her to just come out there, she could just come out and basically. Just do nothing do
1: nothing to make her money and exactly that, yeah. yeah and i w- i would be upset
0: you know what i mean like yeah. somebody just comes to your job and doesn't half the work that you do and make twice the money yeah <laughs> it's would like make me upset
1: part of that is like of course when somebody you know who is famous comes to your club they're getting the attention they're yeah. going to make the most money that night and it just is what it is but to me when i see that I'm just like, wow, this person has literally cultivated this reality for themselves. Like they literally did all the work that they needed to do to be able to just walk in a club and ball out on all these other women. Yeah. And so in the moment, it might suck because I'm like, wow, I'm not going to make as much tonight. But then I see that. I'm like, well, I'm really inspired.
3: I hope <laughs> that I can do that
1: level of dope one day. Yeah.
0: You yeah. Know? I mean, is there is there certain people that you are really looking up to right now that you've already like, oh, man, I want to be like that?
1: Um, there's no one person in particular, uh, no like big names or anything, but I just see other women that I work with and I admire certain qualities about them. And, you know, that drives me to do the same or to do, try to do the best that I can as well. So it's no one person. I just kind of watch and observe everyone and what I like, I will, you know, take heed to.
0: Oh, okay. Is there, um... Do do you have a certain feeling about people who are, like, I guess, trying to, like, dabble in that, like, sex worker type thing, but not really? The biggest person I can think of right now, it (laughs) bothers me so bad, is, God, what is that chick's name?
1: Are you talking about Bella Thorne?
0: No. This chick is, like, she's very popular on Instagram, but, like... Most of her pictures, she, so she's a singer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but, like, all of her photos and videos and stuff are, like, her pretty much half naked. Yeah. I can't think of her name. Oh, man, that's going to bother me. <laughs> but, um yeah, like, does, does that upset you? Because, I mean, they're, like, they're in it, but they're not in it. You know what I mean? It's like
1: they're not really doing it because they I'm not even gonna say not because they want to be sex work because there's plenty of people who are in you know the sex industry who don't want to be doing it necessarily yeah, yeah. And that's you know part of survival sex work but when it comes to like influencers mm. who want to make the profits but they don't really want to identify with necessarily being a sex worker or yes. advocating for the community <laughs> or anything like that they just want the profit yeah and I do see a problem with that yeah you know I, I don't like seeing that at all so
0: so is there I don't know is there any kind of like pushback amongst People who are actually in sex work that are like, yo, stop doing what you're, <laughs> like, you're just a poser. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: all the time. It's It feels like it's always something new at this point, especially since online sex work is a much bigger thing now than it was before. Like, yeah. ever since the pandemic started, even before the pandemic started, but definitely since the pandemic started happening, sex work has skyrocketed mm. in the online world because people needed to make money. Yeah, people yeah. People wanted a fast way to make money and it was the quickest or well, what people think was the quickest way to get it. Mm. So
0: actually um I was going to ask you about that. So when did when did Purple Diamond close down?
1: They closed down March of last year. They were closed for 8 months. I believe we reopened in December. We were open for about a month and then we shut down again just recently. So oh, snap. yeah, we are closed again until January 22nd, as of right now.
2: Mm.
0: So, was there any kind of like plan, or did they just like, hey, we'll let you know when you can come back?
1: Yeah. It's just, Dang. we don't really know. <laughs> it's just all up to the city. Yeah. We can't really decide anything, and we're not going to, you know, fight it.
0: So So is there, are people wearing masks there? Like how, how was that?
1: Yes. We are following every possible protocol that we can Mm. just because we want to stay open. Yeah. We want to be able to do our thing because restaurants are able to be open. So we want to be able to be open. Yeah. We had, you know, the uh, bars in front of the stage where people couldn't get near it. It's all social distancing as we're supposed to. Everybody's wearing masks and yeah, we're just doing everything we're supposed to. But that's crazy. Since... Apparently, the COVID spike happened in Memphis. I think we were supposedly like worse in the world or something like that.
3: Jesus. I know. <laughs> so they
1: the reporting. So that's why Memphis closed down the entertainment centers again. I think they closed capacity or changed the capacity for restaurants again, but I'm not quite sure what that is. Oh, okay. I just know entertainment industries are closed for a month at least.
0: So did you connect with like the other girls that were working or like how did – did y'all just like, all right, I'll see y'all when we open back up?
1: Yeah. I mean, some girls I'm cool with on social media or I know outside the club, but for the most part, it's just see you when I see you.
0: Dang. Ho- hope you
1: make it. <laughs> hope you do good. <laughs> hope you, you hope know, you travel. swim. Don't drown. Yeah, don't drown. <laughs> yeah, don't drown. Good That's look. wild. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what are you doing, I guess, like? I mean, you had all this free time. Like, did you did you find something else to do? Did you you know figure something else out? Like, did something new just like come into your head? Like, oh, I can do this.
1: I've been a little bit of everything. Yeah, honestly, I've started painting again. I've oh, always wow. I've always been painting, but I had just taken a break from it for a while. I didn't have the the drive to do it, so I started painting again, um, reading again, just doing a little bit of everything. I traveled. Uh, a good bit. Where'd you go? I went to St. Louis, worked there, worked in Chicago, went to Las Vegas.
0: Did they just stay open? Who? St. Louis?
1: St. Louis? I I don't know if they ever shut down. I genuinely don't know. I know mm-hmm. that Chicago shut down a week after I left. Oh, okay. I don't know if they reopened or not. Um, I don't know. Vegas was shut down for a bit. Yeah. But yeah. they were obviously reopened once I went back.
0: Their so. mayor was, I, I don't know if it was the mayor of Vegas or if it was like the governor of Nevada, but like <laughs> 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 that junk was crazy. I, mm-hmm. I think they were just talking about how like they wanted, they like, oh yeah, everything should be shut down, stuff like that. But then they wanted to like go out and do stuff. Kind of like the whole, uh, the Nancy Pelosi scandal where she was like, still getting her hair done and like the place was supposed to be closed or something yeah but um yeah that I think the whole Vegas thing got handled kind of weird but
1: everything's been getting handled weird yeah all of it that's why it's lasted so long I feel like is that nothing is True. being handled correctly yeah
0: I think so to, in my opinion I think we needed a control group where it was like a community of people who were just like okay we'll just live in normal life. So if we just had some group of people who were just living basic normal life, just, you know, somehow just doing business as usual and just monitor how they, just monitor what happens. Just like, even if it was like a group of 20 or 50 or a hundred people, just see what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say, well, nothing's going to happen because, you know, none of them are going to get Corona because they're not around anybody. But I don't know. I, I think we either should have been fully open or fully shut down and then open back up.
2: You yeah,
1: know? it should have been one or the other. It's it's constantly dabbling between, oh, we're going to be open. Oh, we need to shut down again. Oh, let's, like, go back yeah. through it. And it's just a cycle, it feels like, at this point. It's like, when yeah. is this going to end? When are we going to decide exactly what we're going to do and stick with it and then, you know, go back about our lives? But
0: So how did your, I guess, the, the manager or the owner of Purple Diamond, like, how did they – how did they keep up with y'all? Did they just say, um, you know, when y'all were coming back and that was the only time you ever heard from them or were they constantly, like, giving you updates?
1: My manager gives me updates. He's okay. very communicative. So we were just kind of – he would call me, let me know what's going on, and then just tell me, be back in touch when he has new information. So it wasn't consistent necessarily as in, like, weekly basis, but it was just whenever there was new information available.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's – I'm sure it's rough on all the businesses to be able to keep up with their workers. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about the news. <laughs> when people were getting those, um, the checks of like the extra money, those waitresses and waiters were like, Nah. I'm going to stay at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were getting more money being at
2: home.
1: Yeah, a lot of people were. A lot of people were getting uh, more money from unemployment than yeah. they were at their jobs. So it's just like, what's the point of going work right? <laughs> if I'm making more money just not having to do that? And I completely support that because we are not made to work so much yeah. every single day. It's not natural. People need to be able to rest. Mental health is not prioritized for one, especially not in this country within jobs. So I I feel like if people can hustle that and they can get their money and stay at home, do it, take care of yourself. I completely support that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think like mental health is something that I think a lot of people joke about, but is really serious. Like people... People don't realize how bad it can get to somebody. And I used to date a girl who, like, mentally she wasn't all there. Mm-hmm. And it was just hard to just communicate with her sometimes. Like, just a simple eye contact was just impossible because her brain was just not fully there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's that's got to be rough because she was trying to explain to me, like, it just feels like her her brain is in like this cage it's like in a box where she can't do anything about it you know and i was like what <laughs> it's hard
1: to understand to other people's mental issues that they're having or their traumas that they've experienced and it sucks because you know therapy is very important but it feels like at the end of the day the only person that can really fight it is ourselves. The only person that can really like break through it is ourselves. And while help is definitely necessary, it just, it takes a lot of inner work. Yeah. It takes a lot.
0: So when you, earlier you were mentioned, like you're, you know, you could be somebody's therapist. Like, so I guess take me through an example of how, you know, I guess you've helped somebody in that kind of way uh, as far as mental stimulation, like, Somebody probably came to you and like, I'm having a bad day. And then you're dancing for them or something like that. Like, do you, is there a lot of conversation, a lot of talking?
1: Oh yeah. I have customers that will come in there and they buy the time rooms for me Hmm. and they don't even want me to dance on them. They just want me to sit next to them and talk to them or or even just listen to them. And I love that. I love that. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't have to dance. Like, that's great. I love dancing. (laughs) I love, you know, whatever. But like lap dances, does anybody ever really want to do a lap dance? Probably not. So being able to just sit there and talk to somebody or listen to them, I love doing that because I'm great at that. Mm. But I have people who come in there. Most of our customers are men, uh, not to anybody's surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. Yeah, big shocker. A lot of them will come in there and they'll talk about their jobs that they hate or they'll talk about their wife or their ex-wife or, you know, whatever they're going through at the moment. Mm. Talk about their children or just literally anything and everything under the sun. Mm. And – those customers I do like a lot because I know what they want to talk about. And it's mm. easy to trail on a conversation with them. It's easy to listen to them and engage. But then there's customers who don't know what they want to talk about. Like they want to come in there and they don't want to talk to us, but they don't really know what to discuss. Mm. So sometimes it's hard to like pick it from people. I'll be like, okay, what are your hobbies? They'll be like, "Uh, I don't really do anything other than work. I'm like, oh, wow, you're so boring. (laughs) I don't even know how to pull a conversation out right now.
0: Dang. So um, age groups, is it just all over the place?
1: Well, I think it depends on the day of the week. Honestly, mm. so for the most I would left assume
0: four, weekends is probably younger people.
1: Yes, weekends is yeah. a lot of younger people. Um, during the week, it's mostly older, like businessmen. Yeah, truckers, just anybody. I feel like from the range, from about forty to probably like sixty-five. Oh wow, that's like the biggest age range. But I have customers who are older as well. Yeah. So
0: which which one do you prefer?
1: Like age range ones. Yeah, I prefer them older.
0: Really? Are they are they more mature? Do they just know what, like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs>
1: to me, um, there's not really a big maturity rank among most men in the club. So I don't even consider all that right. one. <laughs> they all tend Fair to enough. be like about the same. So I just see it as like who's more mature in their wallet? Probably older men. <laughs> if we're being honest, we're thinking about the money. So hmm. older men typically are more willing to spend and they're more willing to care for you.
2: Interesting.
1: So, like young men, there's young men with money. There's young men willing to spend. However, are they more likely to be long term customers? Probably not.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I I would assume like an older guy, you're like his club girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Like his club wife.
1: Literally girlfriend, because they. I have a customer that calls me his girlfriend all the time. (laughs) I think he literally thinks that too, which is Mm. fine. That's if he wants to. Believe that I'm his girlfriend. That is all.
0: Sure, good enough. I'm his girlfriend. (laughs) Perfect. So when when that comes along, like, are you just talking in the club and that's it? Like, is there? Do you ever carry on conversations like outside the club?
1: I will only with people I have developed a level of trust with who have been regulars for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I will allow them to have my number and they'll call me every now and then or they'll send me money outside the club just oh, wow. to talk to them or I have an Amazon wish list for customers to send me things so that's really great. And yeah, I just it just depends on who it is really, especially if I'm working out of town as well, it's easier to just be in touch with people and to let them know when I am working as yeah, well, yeah. So I like to keep some people in the phone.
0: I guess that would make more sense, like people who are like outside of town mm-hmm. because you would need them to know or like you would need them to either like have you on Instagram, have you on Facebook or something like that mm-hmm. so that they'll know like hey, I'm in town.
1: Exactly. Like, or like hey, like I want you to book me a flight. I want to go here. So yeah. can we take care of that?
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. So like if you are if you are going to like a, a place that's that's out of town, how do you how do you get in the venue? Do you just like ask is that basically it?
1: I think different clubs require different things. Some, I'll always call ahead first. I'll always call ahead and make sure. Some you can just pull up. And they will take your information and they'll audition you. So you'll mm. just, you know, go dance on whatever little stage for about a two-minute song and then they'll decide <laughs> so, if they want you.
0: So if you suck, they can just be like, nah.
1: Yeah, they can just be like, nah. That's sorry. great. <laughs> I didn't think. <laughs> and every, every club has their own standard as well. So, like, there's some clubs who prefer women to have fake bodies, mm. which is cool. But I don't have a fake bodies. So I have to uh. consider... Where I'm going. There's some clubs that prefer thick women. There's some that prefer skinny women. There's mm. some that, you know, prefer to have a very diverse group, which is great. Some don't like tattoos. Some love them. So you have to really research the type of club that you're going Dang. to before you just pull up there. Because nobody wants to be rejected. Yeah, yeah. So you have to consider it's not it's not you. It's the club and their preference. Yeah. So you have to consider that before going.
0: What is your ethnicity?
1: I am Irish and Syrian on my okay. mom's side.
0: I was like, you don't look white. Ca- yeah, everybody
1: says that to me. I still claim being white obviously cuz I'm not <laughs> I'm not fully one or the other and I can't speak Arabic, so I'm mm. just like I'm just white. Okay. <laughs> just white.
0: So uh, does that play in your favor?
1: Um unfortunately, sometimes it does. Okay. So in ways like in the club, I do get clientele because they they see that I have like more broader feature. So they're mm. like, oh, like you look like more ethnic. Like, <laughs> You're exotic. You? Yeah, I'm <laughs> exotic to them. So they're like, oh, you must be, they either think I'm Italian, Hispanic, or they think, you know, I'm Mediterranean. Mm. And sometimes that's cool. That's great. And then other times it's like men want me to be more white. So I have to, oh, I wow. just, you know, fake what I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I play into whatever fantasy it is and it sucks because sometimes our customers are not the nicest or sometimes yeah. they're just kind of racist, but uh, I just, I'll, I'll play it into it. And my, you know, take back from it is I get their money. So,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, work. that has to affect like, uh, so do you do research on that? Like the areas? So I would assume. Well, I don't know. So, like, Miami, you know, they're known for, like, Cuban people. Like, they just have, Mm -hmm. like, a ton of, like, Hispanic-talking people in the Miami area. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you wouldn't thrive there because of that or you would thrive because you're different?
1: I think I could thrive just about anywhere because I'm different. But at the same time, when it comes to certain communities, it's like – I don't really want to go to certain communities until I can speak the language mm. for me. Cause like I said, like I like to research and I like to know what I'm doing when I go in and yeah, be yeah. fully prepared. So for me, I'm currently working on, you know, learning other languages. So that way I can just be like the coolest stripper ever, <laughs> know like five languages and be able to talk to everybody. What are you learning? I'm currently working on Spanish and then I'm going to work back to French and then up from there. So oh,
2: okay. I would
1: love to be able to speak Arabic one day because you know, that's, my family's native tongue, but yeah. unfortunately, my family's been very whitewashed, so <laughs> I was not taught Arabic. Uh, are they here? Uh, my mother is. Which My It was her grandfather that came over from Syria, okay. came over from Damascus, so we're a little bit watered down, but he did not teach his children to sp- fully speak Arabic, mm. just a little bit, so my mom wasn't taught, I wasn't taught we're just kind of learning on our own.
0: Have you ever been over there?
1: No, I haven't. I wish I could. <laughs> I would love to go to Syria, but it's actually not the safest place to go to. I've especially heard that, right now, yeah. especially for me being a young woman and being like conventionally attractive, it's not safe yeah. to go there.
0: Is that one of the countries where like they usually do like the full like head wraps and stuff like that for women? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So do, do you like have to do that? Like is that like. A countrywide thing, or if you're American, and you just don't know. They're just like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta wrap up or something." Like, I don't know.
1: I don't know the exact like exact laws, but I do believe that you have to. And if you don't, it can be really dangerous. I remember mm. one of my teachers in middle school. She told me about how she went to Egypt with her husband. And she wore shorts and she didn't cover them, and people started throwing rocks at her.
2: Oh, so snap. it's
1: very Middle Eastern countries are very aggressive, <laughs> especially with their you know morals and religion. It's just like they're very like you do this, and if you don't, we're gonna visibly show you that we have a problem with it.
0: That's wild. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm I'm sure you're grateful that <laughs> that your family came <laughs> I, over here. I
1: am very grateful. You know, my family came over here for better opportunities, so and they they found that.
0: Yeah not to compare you but um that reminds me of uh, Mia Khalifa cuz mm-hmm. she ooh, I don't know where Pakistani I'm not sh- I'm not sure where her f-
1: I'm not for sure exactly what her ethnicity is I can't is, remember but, but yeah she I do know she's Middle Eastern
0: Yeah she came from the Middle East I don't know if her did her parents come here too
1: I don't know I haven't actually done my research fully well, on Mia Khalifa
0: For those of you who don't know who Mia Khalifa is so <laughs> she is was or
1: was a very, very hot porn star. Yeah,
0: very famous porn star, like number one at some point. You
1: know what's crazy? She didn't even do porn for that long. I think really? it was okay. I could be wrong, so y'all would have to fact check me on this, but I think she only did it for like nine months. Really? And she became number one. Like she's still top on the charts and she doesn't even do porn anymore. Dang. She hasn't done porn <laughs> for years. She
0: Talk about leaving to, your mark.
1: Right, she did as much as she could, and she was like, "I'm outie. I got my bag." She's probably still getting a bag. Yeah, like,
0: I don't know.
3: But,
0: but uh, so yeah, she uh, her family's from like the Middle East, and um, you know, she started doing porn in America. Like she came to America, started doing porn, and like her whole country like exed her from the country. Like I don't even know if she's allowed to go back there.
1: Probably not.
0: And that's that's insane. Like you literally came to another country. To be successful, you became successful, and your and your country was like, nah, we disowned.
1: <laughs> man, if my grandparents were still alive and they knew what I did, they'd probably X me too. Really? Honestly. Yeah, probably.
0: Oh man, probably. So, so why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, I know why, but like, why? You know what I mean?
1: People are just very stuck in their ways of thought. I feel like, and what is tradition to them is held very closely to heart. So anything that defies that tradition is going to be looked down upon.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's, okay, first of all, do you think it's changing in America? And second of all, when, when you see that change, like, how do you capitalize on that?
1: I think it is changing in America for sure just because of our boost and how big sex work is becoming now. But yeah. at the same time, the underlying, like, thoughts of taboo is still there mm-hmm. because obviously I can still profit off of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: can still – people People think that sex workers, they kind of commit to this ongoing problem of women being over-sexualized. mm But women are over-sexualized no matter what.
3: Like I will
1: literally be walking my dog, and I'm in sweatpants, sweatshirt, completely covered, head to toe, and somebody's still gonna yell out the window at me. They can't see anything; they just see like a walking woman, and they're like, (laughs) "Oh, yes, delicious." (laughs) You know, so it it doesn't matter anything what we do.
3: Yeah.
1: So it is still a taboo thing. Yeah. Because I don't. I think it really just goes back to the part that people are not comfortable in their own bodies. I think that's really what it comes down to is that we are taught to constantly be covered and to hide and not to be proud of ourselves. And I think that's just really the underlying problem because when people see sex workers and they're like, wow, like these people are literally just on the internet, fully naked, do not care. Like, and people want to say that's degrading, but to me, that is just so powerful that I can be comfortable in my body and I don't care who's looking at it. Yeah. I'm making money off it. Of, like that is so cool. I can just make money off of the way that I look. Yeah. And to me, that is beyond empowering. But to people who are not comfortable with themselves, they label it as degrading. Yeah. So it's it really just that's just as all it goes down to to me. Is people are not comfortable with themselves.
0: I I, th- I think that's a hundred percent true because you know if somebody if somebody's doing something that you wish you could do n- nine times out of ten. They end up hating on them It's mm-hmm. because they're they're upset that that person is doing something that they wish they could be doing, so they want to bring them down to be like, "Hey, you think you're better than me? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, come come back to my level. You can't be successful. Like, you can't do that thing that I wish I was doing." Mm-hmm. So, I don't I don't know. I I feel like I I think it's always like as I said uh, when I was texting you last night, I was like, "Sex work is the oldest profession." So oh, it is.
1: Oh, it is.
0: As long as humans have been alive, we haven't changed. We've still view that as something, as you said, taboo. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't think it's ever going to change. Just like racism, like people are like, "Oh, I can't wait till racism is over." It, it it's won't never going to be over.
1: No, it, <laughs> it I hate to say that, but it really won't.
0: Yeah. So, I, sex workers, I think, will always lo- be looked down upon, but. I do think the avenues are opening up as as like people always look at OnlyFans as just like basically just porn stars and strippers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of them, but... Uh, you know, as as Tori just opened hers up and she's like putting out music videos and stuff like that on there. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to get her name out there. Yeah.
1: OnlyFans is a platform for everybody, really. Sex yeah. workers just happen to take it over. That's what really happens with sex workers is that we tend to just like be the carriers of most platforms, you know? It, we, truly, yeah. And it's just crazy to me because a lot of these platforms as well, even OnlyFans, they take so much money from us and... They really aren't the best at just making sure that we're good. They tend to take a lot, and but there is another platform I've been considering switching to, which is Minivids, which was made by a sex worker for sex workers. Don't know
0: what that is. Explain it.
1: Yeah, Minivids is a clip site, and it's a lot bigger now than it used to be. Like they have like a little store on there. They have group chats. They do, uh, contests like every week for the sex workers. It's just very good for the community. And that's a site that I've considered getting into, but OnlyFans was my first one to step onto, which has been very profitable for me. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like I'm not the type who wants to put all of their eggs in one basket, so I'm going to search outwards. But I do want to be a part of a site that is more sex worker friendly, because while OnlyFans is being carried by us they don't really take care of us in the best way. Yeah. So I wanted to look outwards and see what other sites there are that are fully catering to us.
0: Yeah. There was a big scandal going on with uh, Instagram because it it seemed as if Instagram was pretty upset that all these companies were paying these influencers and Instagram was getting no advertisement money. I mean, yeah, they were getting probably billions, but Mm – the a lot of the portion of the money was going to these influencers instead of Instagram, so um, I believe that's when they switched up their algorithms and all this stuff. It started so that, being
1: way more strict.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I see. um Gosh, what is it? There was like a some some porn star was like so upset because like as I was talking about like those the chicks who aren't in sex work but like post a lot of photos like half naked mm-hmm. they're like why does my stuff get flagged but their stuff is just fine
2: yeah
1: that's so ironic to me <laughs> that's just how it is like these big celebrities will make only fans accounts and then none of their stuff gets flagged they can post half naked pictures and making out with other people on their instagram and it doesn't yeah. get flagged but for me for people who follow me, they notice that I have almost two of each account. I have two Instagrams, two Twitters. I've had to remake my Snapchat a few times
0: because it keeps getting flagged. It
1: keeps getting flagged or deleted completely. Dang. And my um, my what I call my stripper Instagram, my Nadia Cole specific Instagram. I have to be so careful in that one because Mm. I will literally just hardly post anything and they'll take it down ASAP. And I've already had like four posts taken down in the past two months. And they'll go back and take down posts that I posted six months ago.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So it's like I don't know if people are like reporting it or if Instagram just really has it out for me. Yeah. But – they definitely just keep taking my content down. So I'm very careful of my Soul Poppy account because that one's my baby out of all of my <laughs> accounts. Out of all the accounts I have, all my social medias, my Soul Poppy Instagram is my favorite. But I've had my Twitter deleted before, but not because of sex work because I think I like reposted a music video and it had like copyright issues. So they deleted oh. my Twitter, but I disputed it they and got it back. They deleted your
0: whole Twitter because I had of that? Them? I
1: had it for nine years, but I got it back. Oh my it God. It took four months for me to get it back from emailing them. And then my Snapchat got deleted because I believe they changed some rules and you can no longer put your OnlyFans link, which is like we said, OnlyFans is not just for sex workers, but if you put an OnlyFans link on your Snapchat, it will get deleted. So I lost all of my memories, all my pictures. They told me that I couldn't ask for it back. It was completely gone. They, <laughs> they wouldn't even tell me why, but I knew it was because of the link. Holy smokes. So now... I made a link tree and you, with a link tree, you yeah, can put yeah. all your other links. So that's what I'm using currently. So I hope they don't delete
0: it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty sneaky.
1: Yeah. I had to make a totally new Snapchat. Get, I had a good following on that last one too, because yeah. like I said, I'm on the diamond socials and they'll tag me on their Snapchat and their Snapchat has like thousands of viewers. So I would get a lot of followers. Yeah. Lost them all, had to restart. So that sucked for my OnlyFans for a little bit. Cause you know, that's my marketing. That's wow. clientele.
0: So let's talk about Snapchat. So I, when Snapchat, I'm not going to say when it first came out, I'm always usually late to stuff, Mm -hmm. but um, I had a Snapchat, you know, when I was single and I was younger, but I didn't really, I didn't really use it. Like at first I used it a lot. I used it a ton. And then I think I only used it for probably like maybe a year and a half, maybe two years or something like that. Then I was like, nah, I'm good. And then I basically just switched to Instagram. Like I use Facebook to to communicate in certain ways with like some people, but like my main thing is Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like I I use my Twitter mainly for like um for like sports. Like I love just looking at information on Twitter. I mean that's that's really the first purpose was for Twitter is to like fast information. Twitter
1: that's what Twitter is for for me. Like Twitter is for the funny stuff and the fast info. That is my yeah. news outlet is Twitter. Yeah.
0: It, I mean like if I needed to know anything about sports or anything, I would just go to Twitter. I had like a bleacher report is really good for sports Mm -hmm. and um, ESPN like that, that app. And so I was using those and then I had a Twitter and I started like getting all these, getting all the information about like uh, I'm a big Alabama football fan. So I was getting all the info about, I was like, why do I even have Bleach Report, or ESPN? Right, just you get everything on Twitter
2: because <laughs> there is like news amazing. journalists
0: and stuff like that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I could just follow all these journalists and stuff like that, and I was like, "That's the info straight through there." Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about communicating with people. So I, I do, commu- I have communicated with a good bit, good bit of people through Twitter, but. I don't know, just Instagram's my thing right now.
1: Instagram is my thing too. And I think it's just because I love photography and pictures so much. So mm-hmm. it's a fun outlet. Snapchat, it's probably my least favorite. I don't like talking to people on it. It's only maybe two people at most I'll speak to or like send pictures to or whatever. But all I do is I post on my story and I go. But with Instagram, I'm always engaging with people, always posting on my stories. That's where I'm the most active. And then yeah. from Instagram, I share my Instagram stuff to Facebook. So that makes it mm-hmm. easier to post. Facebook is like my community, my community watch page is what yeah, I call yeah. it. Like that's where I find out about local Memphis stuff going on, things that are coming to town. And then Twitter is like my worldwide one. Mm. Twitter, I find anything and everything. And Twitter, I've noticed is the most sex worker friendly.
0: See, yeah, yeah, you can post nude on on Twitter.
1: I see so much porn yeah. on my TL every single day, and like, it, de- it really <laughs> just
0: depends on like who you follow. So mm-hmm. when yeah. I first had my Twitter, you know, I'm following a bunch of people who just like are big Alabama football fans, mm-hmm. and then like I just noticed like there was like porn and stuff. I was like,
1: it's what other I people retweet. Yeah, and, like, I was like, <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't follow anything like this. And then I looked to see who retweeted it, and I was like. Oh, is that dude that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense now. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. I, I think I was talking to Rachel about, um, cause somebody told her, here's another one, Tumblr. Somebody told her that Tumblr was just like basically porn. I was like, no.
1: It, it used to be. It's
0: I was like, it is what you, what you follow. It mm-hmm. is what you follow. So if you follow that kind of stuff, that's what you're going to see. So it just depends.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Tumblr, Tumblr used to be a great place for sex workers. Mm. And then they took literally everything off. Like they completely banned sex workers. So that's why a lot of sex workers moved to Twitter. They banned them? Yeah. Tumblr just, Tumblr used to be great, but no longer.
0: So it was mainly like blogging, right? It
1: was blogging. mm -hmm, But they were sex worker friendly until, you know, they just decided not to be. And I think that had to do with like certain legislations happening. But per usual, a lot of sites, as soon as they feel like something's going to pass, they're going to immediately just go ahead and rid of everything. That they can. Uh,
0: so I think Instagram, I have a friend that always talks about like, um, like new policies and stuff like mm-hmm. that or that are coming through. But he was talking about Instagram's new, new policy that they're, that they're passing. But I think they're constantly changing things to I think it's to fit certain people's agendas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everything is an agenda
1: everywhere for everything. So I believe that.
0: It's, I mean, I get it. Like, you want your money. But, like, Facebook owns Instagram. So whatever Zuckerberg is doing is affecting everybody. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Man, Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Like, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with what those, what the two platforms are doing. So... Mm -hmm. Facebook is cool because of like, you know, the people you should know, like you, you find so many people because of people are connected. So that's awesome. Which Instagram has, um, Instagram has implemented that. So you'll be on Instagram and it'll show you like people that are in your contacts. It'll show you people who are following other people, which Mm -hmm. I love that. I love being able to see like who follows who. On Instagram, like, if I go to your page, it, um, it'll show, like, the people that I follow that are also following you. I love
1: that, too. It makes yeah. it easier to connect because I'm like, oh, like, we have this many people in common that we know. So there must be, like, some something that we can base our relationship off of. Like, there has to be some a common factor there between the two of us just because, you know, we have so many people connected. Yeah. And I like that.
0: So thinking about that, how – how aggressive can you be online, like trying to get clientele? Like, I know you can promote yourself, but like, so a running joke among musicians is, especially like rappers, mm-hmm. is they'll like send their music to people and be oh, like, yo, yo, check out I my new hate
1: video. I Okay. I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all do that to me, I ignore it. Unless I know you personally and you're sending me your music, I will literally ignore yeah. it because it just drives me nuts. I feel like that's the worst marketing ever. Yeah. And people think it's not just because they're like, people. oh, yeah, I feel like it's a spam. I don't yeah. feel like that's marketing. I feel like you're just annoying the shit out of people. Yeah. But. When it comes to being aggressive, I don't even think I'm that aggressive at all. Um, But how aggressive
0: can you be? You know what I mean? Man,
1: okay. So I've heard of some crazy shit that other people have done, which I would never recommend anybody doing. I think it's absolutely terrible. But some girls are very aggressive. Like Mm. there is OnlyFans girls that will subscribe to other girls OnlyFans and comment back to their customers underneath the pictures and send their OnlyFans link. Oh Isn't my. that so wrong? <laughs> or they'll comment under another girl's like viral tweet or viral picture and like put their links. I'm just like, that is so wrong to me. Oh, that man. is so wrong. Or just they'll go through other girls' accounts and follow all of their customers and their yeah. clientele. And then once they get the following, they'll unfollow them all. It's <laughs> they're cheating hardcore. <laughs> they're cheating. It's dirty. It's gonna yeah. come back to you. I wouldn't agree with that, but there is an aggression to it. That's why people wild. get aggressive.
0: So when when you find somebody else who's like I guess like in your lane and you can I guess reach out to that person and like talk to them how how does that communication work like how if you if you see somebody else who I guess I guess do you find a lot of people in this area or do you end up just finding people who are like in other places because with Instagram like if you hit that search button I mean, not like searching people, but what um, what do they call it? Like when you're when you just hit the like the magnifying glass you oh, scroll are you up about the uh,
1: the popular page.
0: It's not or even explore the, page. Explore, there yeah, we go. that's what it is. So, like, do you end up following more people who are just like you know who would pop up on an explore page, or do you follow people who you would actually probably? No, or or probably see.
1: I follow people that I have a common connection with, like other people that I know might follow, like suggested. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll follow people through the explore page if I'm just really you know like what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't really go on the explore page that often. But mm. are you saying like as far as like other sex workers or other like creators? Yeah, yeah, connecting? like like sex workers. Yeah. Yeah, I'll usually just follow people through, you know, other connected people that I follow, especially on Twitter. It's so easy to follow other sex workers. We have a really good community Mm. on there. Instagram, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, But in the area, it is kind of difficult here. Yeah. Especially in Memphis because there's plenty of, like, cam girls here. And girls who just do all types of sex work, which sex work is just an umbrella term for yeah. you know strippers, cam girls, full service, phone sex operators, literally everything. And they're all here. I just feel like it's hard to connect with them sometimes.
0: Why do you think that?
1: I really honestly don't know. I haven't really cracked <laughs> it yet. I think maybe because it's such a tight-knit community – that a lot of girls that I know in the clubs, they're not even out to their families. Mm. So I think it's really just a secretive thing. Yeah, so yeah. it makes it harder to connect. Mm. But when I go out of town, it's so easy. Like when I go to St. Louis or Vegas, other places, it's so easy to find other sex workers because it's more welcome there. But I think because Memphis is smaller, we're technically in the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah. Such a, such a small, tight-knit community, a lot of women just keep it to themselves.
2: Mm.
1: So there's just a few people that I've been able to kind of just like... You know, get in touch with or like make content with, or travel with, but it's not 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 a lot.
0: So how do you, I guess, approach um, somebody who doesn't like their family doesn't know and stuff like that, or or they don't tell any of their friends or anything like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Usually, I only meet those types of sex workers in the club. Oh, Usually okay. it's just because we're in close proximity and that's how I meet them. But otherwise I wouldn't know because uh, even a lot of strippers don't post it on their pages that they're strippers. Mm. Around here I've noticed. So I uh, probably like me and a few other girls I know are really open about it, but yeah, yeah. it's really not that many. It's like we know and a few, like plenty of other people probably know that they're strippers, but yeah. they don't openly like post it.
0: So what about like your high school friends and stuff like that?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I wouldn't say I really have any high s- I probably have, like, three or four friends from high school yeah. left, really. But there has been a lot of people that have come into the club and seen me and been like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> you know, just, like, look at side-eye me a yeah, little yeah. bit, and I'll just, like, give them, like, a little wink. Like, yes, yeah, me. <laughs> but there's plenty of people from my past that will just pop up in the club. And I think that's why a lot of girls, too, are just – very weary of one about dancing here, and two mm. about being open about it because it's so easy yeah. for people to just walk in and see. You, yeah,
0: you I know? mean, do you feel like? Do you feel like people are more uptight than they should be? Do you feel like they should just yo yo relax? Like you're you're okay. It's not like you're selling drugs or something like that. Yeah. Just, do you think people are? Yeah, I, I guess that's just uptight. Too too uptight. Too uptight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I mean, it's got to be rough. I mean, because as you said, like, family will, like, disown you. Mm -hmm. um, And...
1: I think it all depends on personal situations as well because some people might still be living with their families or using sex work as a means to get out of where they're at. And so they kinda have to keep it. Living with my family. <laughs> oh man. Especially for the really young sex workers like strippers that start when they're eighteen mm. or even girls that get onto the online world as soon as they're legally able to. And yeah. a lot of times they do that because they're trying to get out of a situation. Mm. And not saying that all sex workers do that or that's why all people got into sex work because I feel like there's this misconception that abuse mostly is what leads sex workers into the industry mm-hmm. and while yes that does happen that has happened to plenty of us but that's not always the reason like I know women who grew up in perfectly happy families in great towns and cities great home and they just decided they wanted to be sex workers one day mm-hmm. you know but there's I've seen it Go both ways. I've met plenty of girls who have pimps and they have to work. Or I've met plenty of girls that just do it because they want to. They yeah. don't have to. It's, just, it's all over the place.
0: Who do you think does better?
1: As far as making money or? Yeah,
0: like um, as far as their like past history. Like people who have had like a broken home so they just feel motivated to go out there and do stuff. Or people who just, I had a great life but I just feel like doing sex work.
1: I think it really just depends on the person. But for the most part, I've noticed that the most drive comes from the women that didn't have a lot Mm. and that had to get it for themselves. I see that that's where the most drive comes from because Mm. I know plenty of girls that were very privileged outside of the club and they make good money, but the drive isn't really there. Like they'll work, but I don't see them really going for what they want or having like a, you know, a quota in mind. And there's plenty of strippers I know who, came from not a whole lot or they lost something and they want to work hard and you can see that you can see the drive in them because they're always on at work on time or they're early they're always working as much as they can and they are the top sellers in the club mm-hmm. because you pay attention you see who's going to the back you know you see who's selling dances you see who's making the most money on stage and you see who's sitting there talking who has the most regulars like you mm-hmm. know and that's also what I find inspiring because I'm like, you are a hustler. <laughs> you are the true definition of a hustler and I like that.
0: Yeah. Do 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 any of the girls feel um I guess pressure to do better if there's like somebody new that comes in? Do they or is it just like oh, she just so happens to be new and she's good?
3: Mm.
1: I think that there is a little bit of pressure there, especially if it's someone from out of town, like a bigger city, and they might have work done, or you can just tell that they've been in the industry for a while, and they're automatically selling. Like, there's gonna be some pressure there, just like when celebrities come to the club. It's yeah. like, oh, like you know how I said women view it as competition. If they see someone coming in and they're making the money, they're like, okay, well, I need to like get yeah. on my feet a little step bit it more. Up a little mm-hmm. more. Yeah, step it up.
0: Have you ever seen somebody like famous come in?
1: Um, we've had one famous guest since I've been there, and I can't remember i can't remember her name. Oh, Sassy Cassie, that's her name. Okay. And she's a midget stripper. Oh, wow. And she was amazing. She's so sweet. She came in with her dog and her partner, and she came in there and made a lot of money on stage. I don't think she was selling dances. I think she only did stage, but mm. she was great. Threw out posters like it was a good time. <laughs> it was great. It was that's a great awesome. time. But I haven't seen any like – big porn stars or anything come to the club. I think the other local clubs have had that, but Mm. not since I've been at the Diamond. I don't think I've seen that.
0: Do you like that?
1: Like people coming to visit? Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. Will I necessarily want to work that night? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still here for it. It's cool. To me, it's like most of us don't want to work nights if there's a big game going on. Because if there's a big game on TV like Super Bowl night, not working that night because mm. it's not going to be nobody in there. Nobody wants to come and watch the, you know, the Super Bowl on the TVs at the club. They yeah, want to watch yeah. it at home.
2: Yeah.
1: And other certain holidays, like, I won't work on. It just, it really depends.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you have to, like, strategically place your nights and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. if you, I guess if you don't, then it's just going to mess up. I guess, like, your flow or, or however you want to set things up. Because, I mean, you could tell – you could, like, that could be your specialty. You know, like, always work on these holidays mm-hmm. or something like that. There
1: are some girls that do, do that. Um, mm. There's girls that work every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every Valentine's Day. And those are the moneymakers. Those big holidays are the moneymakers mm. because there's only going to be, like – probably 5 to 10 girls working in the club, especially our club because it's really small. But there's not going to be as many girls cuz most of them are going to be with their family or they don't care to work it and that's when you make the money.
0: Interesting.
1: More clientele, less girls.
0: Yeah, yeah, that ratio. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Very good ratio.
0: So what's your I guess um specialty as far as like the the times that you like to
2: work?
1: I like getting there before a uh, night shift like I work night shift, but I like to get there about an hour before mm-hmm. just so that I can scan the floor and see what's going on and just be there and get the first like stage sets. So that mm-hmm. way, once I get the first stage sets, I know I'm going to be in rotation a good bit. Hmm. So I just, I, and I like working weekdays as well. I always work weekends, but weekdays are my favorite.
0: So you get them older guys. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's what I'm saying. I've been, I've been paying attention.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's. It's really just like any other profession, you know, anything where you have to, you have to actually, you know, put in the grind, like put in the work for how you get your clientele. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so Rachel's a personal trainer and I'm always telling her like, it, it's, it's great having her just like be at home and not have to you know, work with clients all day, not having to constantly be working. Mm -hmm. She can like get other stuff done. Like if I needed something from Home Depot, she can just go run and get it. And she's not with clients eight hours or 10 hours a day. Right. So that's very convenient. But at the same time, if she had a more busier um, mindset, a more like grinding type mindset where she was like, no, I have to work. 12 hours a day and, like, train people for 12 hours a day, then, you know, that's that's, that's a positive because you're probably going to be making a lot more money by the same time. You're still working 12 hours a day.
3: Yeah,
1: you're working 12 <laughs> hours a day. Where's the time for yourself? And yeah. I think that's one thing that a lot of sex workers don't realize that we have the privilege of, which a lot of sex workers, that's why they did it. Like I said, I wanted freedom. That's, yeah. I'm not, when I say that I went into sex work, it's not just for money. It was for freedom. And- Money brings freedom.
0: Is it the only thing you do?
1: What, sex work? Yeah. I mean, I sell my art as well. Oh, okay. I, I'll make paintings, sell that. So I kind of, I make juice every now and then. I'll sell that. I do a little bit of everything. Juice? Juice. What?
0: Yes. <laughs> what do you make?
1: Uh, just like a little bit of everything. It's mostly in the summertime when I'm growing my own ingredients, like my mint and whatnot. And I'll oh, wow. just do different types of like healthy juices, like orange, pineapple. My this is my big, biggest selling one. It's my orange, pineapple, Mint and ginger. Everybody loves that one. Really? I don't know what it is. It's just so tasty. But That's
0: dope. i have to get some.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: Rachel's all into that kind of stuff because like, so she actually started painting recently because mm-hmm. I bought her some stuff. <laughs> I
2: love like, that.
0: She actually talked about it a long time ago and um I was like, no, I'm not buying you any paint stuff because you're never going to use it. Yeah. But when I actually bought it for her, she started using it. And she, like, posted it. She posted it. And, God, I want to say it was maybe within the first week that I bought it for her, she had painted something, posted it, and somebody asked her to paint their house. Yeah. And so she sold her first work within, like, the first two weeks of of doing stuff. Yeah. And I was like...
1: <laughs> You're right <laid down. laughs>
0: I felt dumb, but at the same time, I was I was like Rachel. You could have been doing this this whole time. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't know. Like it's uh, plus you know the pandemic. Uh, people have been figuring out new things. They've been figuring out. Oh, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Because she was at Lifetime Fitness, mm-hmm. and when Lifetime shut down, they shut down back in March. Um, Like all the trainers. I would say, I I don't know, maybe like a few of the trainers stayed, but most of the trainers just quit and they were just like, uh, I can start my own personal training business. I don't need the gym. And so Rachel still has like a few of her clients and um, it's very beneficial to her. And I would that's why I was asking earlier about, you know, what you were doing because in that transition, because I would assume like, yeah, you start your OnlyFans. Did you have, did you say you had it before?
1: Mm -hmm. I actually started my OnlyFans uh, last December. So I just hit a year of having it, which is crazy. But I started it last December right before I went on my trip to Hawaii because that was my birthday trip to myself. Oh, okay. I'm going to go to Hawaii, but I want to be able to like be making money while I'm there. Did you go by yourself? Yeah, I went by myself. Oh, wow. And so I was posting on my OnlyFans, selling stuff through there, just kind of like paying for stuff while I was on the trip. So that was cool. And then literally in March, the club shut down. I was like, oh. Thank you, universe. I didn't know. <laughs> all of my eggs in my basket. Like, I intuitively knew yeah. to start an OnlyFans before that. So I was very thankful. And I, I've been doing just, like, a little bit of everything. Like, I also am, every now and then, I do, like, phone sex for my customers. I mm. offer that. And I have a customer that calls me for literally just a minute. Easy money. Wow. And then next week, we'll probably do the same thing, you know? And then I have... Um, I'm grateful enough to have like a really kind sugar daddy that'll send me things or every now and then he's paid my rent or mm-hmm. paid for a few bills of mine. So that has been really great.
3: That's, so that's crazy. Just, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd like like three more sugar daddies. But <laughs> 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 it's a, it's, I don't know. I feel like it would be a lot of work to have that many.
0: So how do you find somebody like that? Is that a, is that a club thing?
1: Um, or is that that's just like a manifestation thing. thing? <laughs> 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 that's what i'm gonna say about that one he found me actually
2: really but oh, okay.
1: but in my head before that i was just like you know like i think this is what i want i would love to have a sugar daddy like somebody mm. that could take care of me take care of my bills for me that way i can you know save my money if i want to go to school like i want somebody to pay for my schooling
3: yeah
1: and i was like that's a you know avenue i haven't jumped into yet yeah. so it's something i i want in my life a month later He shows up and he's the sweetest angel ever. I adore him.
0: So is that stereotype really true about like a lot of strippers or they're like trying to pay for school and whatnot?
1: Um, There are a lot of strippers that I know that are in school Mm. that do it to pay for school. And then there's others that are using it to pay for school, but that's not the only reason they're doing it. They're Mm. doing it because they want it. So it, it just depends. I know people who have other jobs, like there's women who are in other industries, like they'll come to the club and then they'll go to their night job or they'll, you know, work at the club only on the weekends and have their other job during the week. So mm. everybody does something different. It seems like, like there's strippers who are just strippers There's strippers who, uh, do camming and just a little bit of everything like I do. And then there's people with normal vanilla jobs. as yeah. we like to call them.
0: So... What, what's an example of somebody who does something that um, is, like, completely different from stripping? Well, I guess, you know, a lot of stuff is completely yeah. different from stripping. Yeah. I mean, I know people
1: in the medical field that are stripping.
0: Like nurses and stuff? Yeah. Dang. That's, yeah. that's tough.
1: Which is another reason <laughs> why some strippers have to be, like, quiet about what they do because yeah. they could lose their real jobs. If you could lose not. your
2: job for that?
1: Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if you knew about recently, but there was a cam girl who was interviewed by I think I think it was like a New York Post or something it was like one of the New York papers Hmm. and he interviewed her and then he ended up uh, doxing her like giving her full name Hmm. saying what she did and she was a nurse I don't know yet if she got fired or not but he put her whole livelihood at stake
2: What?
1: Because they could lose literally everything if they find out we're sex workers. You could lose your normal job. I have a friend that Why is that a thing? I don't know. I have a friend (laughs) that literally works at Hooters, okay? Mm -hmm. Works at Hooters. And she told me that if the management said that they found out that any of them had an OnlyFans, they were getting fired. I'm like, this is Hooters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think people are coming here for?
1: Yeah, like, oh I don't, God. like, y'all are already, like, over-sexualizing your women. That's yeah. how y'all are making your money. It's because of your servers being sexy. So they're not allowed to be sexy anywhere else. That's not fair.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so, uh, it's crazy. Um, you know, teachers, obviously, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: can't
1: be yeah. sex workers or they can't get caught being sex workers because they're going to think that they're going to come for the children or something. They're just, oh. They just automatically put that with pedophilia, which is crazy to me.
0: That is weird. Yeah, I mean, you usually they associate pedophilia with men. Yeah, uh, I would I would probably say men do most of the for pedi- the
1: most part. Yeah. There are you know female pedophiles, of course. Yeah, but just because somebody's a sex worker doesn't mean that makes them a pedophile. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, along that lines, they confuse sex trafficking with uh, sex work. They yeah. think it's the same thing, and it's not. Yeah, it's a huge difference.
0: Um. Yeah, what was I about to ask you? So for for the sex work, um, when people do, so we were talking about people from like high school, um, You, I'm assuming you've had an encounter with a guy who either you did or did not talk to in school or a female you did or did not oh talk gosh. to in high school. And they find out you do strip or you do sex work. How is that encounter usually?
2: (laughs) I
1: have a funny story. Okay. So there's this one girl that works with me that I went to high school with. She's just a year younger than me. And we both dated the same person. I dated Mm -hmm. him first. He was like my first boyfriend ever. And then she like dated him later. And he started coming into the club. I think they were, like, still friends or something. And he would come into the club and literally just stare at me because he found out that I was working there. Mm. And one day I was on our satellite stage, which is our smaller stage, and I was, like, dancing on the bar. And he just walks by and he looks at me. And he goes, that's awesome. And he walks away. I was like, oh, man, I hate it here sometimes. <laughs> and, like, his all his little friends would come in with him. I think I had, like, a couple other Maybe, like, ex-boyfriends come in there or, like, ex-friends, quote-unquote.
0: So are they just trying to – are they actually trying to, like, reconnect, like, friendly-wise or – They're
1: just trying to look. People are nosy. Really? They just want to watch. They just want to see me. That's sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's really sad. I've actually had people that – like, the restaurant I told you about that I worked at before then, like, their close family friends would come in there or, like, my regulars from that job Mm. would come into the club and they'd – be like so-and-so like is that you yeah i even had when i was younger at the second house we ever lived in i lived in a neighborhood full of kids mostly boys and my across the street neighbor he was a year older than me maybe a year ago i'm just like minding my business walking uh from the stage to the back to go count my money and i hear somebody yell out my government name i was like oh hell no like (laughs) who, who in here is yelling that and it's him he's literally so drunk can't even like Comprehend what's going on. He's like, Is that you? Like, you're a stripper. He was like, Why are you doing this? I was like, Why are you in a strip club? He (laughs) literally had nothing to say to Uh, it. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Uh, I'm not in a strip club. (laughs) That's literally always my thing I say back to, like, Why are you a stripper? Why are you doing this to yourself? I'm like, Why are you in a strip club? Why are you spending your money
3: on a stripper?
0: Earlier, I thought you were going to say about the, uh, the chick who was the nurse or whatever—I thought you were gonna say <laughs> like the boss or somebody was like, "Oh, that's oh," because <laughs> you know, they recognize. Damn,
3: yeah,
0: that would, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious.
3: That'd be so bad. Yeah,
0: because I, I mean, I mean, what do you do? Like, if you're like, I don't know, the owner of a company, and the girl just is a stripper—you know, she's not on the internet,
2: and well, you I mean, know who
0: she is.
1: I feel like. I'm sure if it's the owner, they could be spiteful and like decide to like fire somebody. But at the same time, if I if I saw a boss of mine there, (laughs) that's from you know outside the club, I'm taking pictures. Okay, I'm gonna have my backup because you try to fire me, I'm gonna blackmail you. (laughs) Okay, I'll play dirty if somebody else wants to play dirty.
0: That would be wild. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine.
1: Yeah, but I guess otherwise you're just screwed. Like yeah. like I said, when I used to watch YouTube videos about other dancers, I remember, I think it was Nina's, she talked about how she was working in L.A. and her dad didn't know that she was a stripper and he came into the club.
0: Oh, snap.
1: <laughs> and she was trying to hide from him, but he saw her. Yeah. It just like was a whole big thing. So, so what like, happened? Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. It's been forever since I watched the video, but I remember she originally started out as, like, a cocktail waitress, mm-hmm. and then she decided she wanted to dance. And so I think her family thought that she was just a cocktail waitress. Uh, and then he comes in and, like, sees her half naked, and he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's crazy. I mean, what do you do, you know? Like –
1: Man, I don't know what I would do. Luckily, my whole family knows, so it's like I don't have to worry about tiptoeing anymore for yeah. a little while I was, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just the person like, fuck it. like yeah. I'm doing this. Y'all aren't paying my bills. I am. I don't have a big, close family like, like that at all, so I don't mm. have to worry about, you know, being... I guess I have been uninvited to things. I was uninvited to my aunt's Thanksgiving for being a stripper a few what? years ago. Yeah, so we don't talk anymore, but other than that... <laughs> other than that incident. Um, yeah, my, my mom and my sister and them are cool with it. My dad just like accepts it. So,
0: yeah. I mean, even, even in like different aspects of life. So, you know, I was talking to Tori about, um, you know, her and her family's relationship about her being gay and everything. And I was like, man, like, what do you do? You know, like, you know, you love your family, but if they're going to treat you a certain way just because of who you are, then that's kind of lame. <laughs> so I, I
1: cut off, okay? I'm like, blood or whatever, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. Like, if I just went through that for so long where my family affected my mental health, and I'm just at a point in my life where nothing that affects my mental health in a negative way can be around me. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, you don't accept that? Sorry. Like, that, that is your problem. It's not mine. Yeah. So you're not going to be near me. And that's just it.
2: Mm. I
0: mean, it's the. The world can be a a nasty place when it comes to, as you were talking about, just tradition,
2: like Mm -hmm.
0: the South in general. Like, (laughs) I mean, for somebody like you, so you're not only foreign, but it's, you're in an industry to where, you know, you can profit off of who you are or it's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And, you can just kind of pick where you want to live, and just you're gonna have to figure it out. You know, yeah, there's no just figure it out. There's no set plan like, oh, if I move here, I'll be good. You know what I mean? Like you just have to assume that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you'll just have to assume that, you know, you'll find it unless you travel a good bit to the city first and you find a good club that works for you and you're like, oh, I want that to be my home club. But if you're just kind of pulling up, you're like, I'm going to live here. You just got to figure it out. Some girls try a bunch of different clubs or they just go to online sex work or they find a sugar daddy in the city. You know, you just figure it out, I guess.
0: So if you could do one aspect of what you do, which one would you pick?
1: Man, if I could just, if i could just do one i love stripping i love dancing i love being on stage like that's my thing but if i could just do one thing i would have like three sugar daddies and have everything paid for mm, and not uh, do anything i would
0: assume that would be the way <laughs> that
1: would that, okay let me say like i would have two splendid daddies and one sugar
0: daddy.
1: <laughs> i can't give out three sugars that's too much
0: that's hilarious <laughs> so We were talking about you moving places. So if you Mm -hmm. went to a place like Vegas or something, would you feel like you would need to, I I don't know how the scene, I've never been to Vegas, number one, but would you need to create some sort of identity there to prevail? Like, would you need to be like the, the chick you said that was a midget? Like, would Mm -hmm. you need some sort of, some sort of gimmick to be successful?
1: I think I could, and I think I wouldn't have to as well.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think that could go both ways, really. Like, um, people always say when I tell them that I really, like, enjoy Vegas and maybe want to move there one day. They're Like, oh, but it's just a bunch of foreign girls there that make a lot of money, like Russian girls and German girls. I'm just like, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, yes, the clubs are probably very saturated there, but... It's just like competition isn't that much of a thing to me because if I want it, I'm going to get it. Like yeah. if I I will take the time because I'm very spiritual. So I'm going to manifest what I want and what I need. But as far as like gimmicky, I would say that we all have different personas that we play on to. Yeah. That's part of being a sex worker. We play into different, you know, character roles. My favorite character role is Nadia Cole. Mm. That's my biggest character role. Do I play other little ones for specific people? Yes, of course I do. I play into fantasies. That's what I do. Yeah. But I guess I like I said, I would research, I would observe when I go to Vegas more and I'm like, hmm, what sells the most? Ah, that's the character I'm gonna play here. Might even mm. change my name. I went by a different name when I was in Chicago.
2: Really? Mhm. So went,
1: Yeah.
0: How hard is that to keep up?
1: Like different names? Yeah. It's not too hard because most of the time it's like, I don't. I don't think they had a Nadia there. I think I just wanted to play with a different name. I was like, new city, new me. <laughs> 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 but I don't think it would be that hard. My like my name for sure is Nadia Cole. Like that's the one I'm gonna keep when I yeah. go everywhere. That is my online persona, and that's who I am in my club. Mm. But I think when it comes to different cities, if somebody already has your name, then you have to go buy something different. But. Yeah. It's whatever. I'm going to just pull out whatever from my ass that I can. Like, if I feel like this is the energy for this city, that's who I'm going to be.
0: Dang, that's wild.
1: That's so fun to me. I'm going to just throw on a wig and be a completely new person.
0: Do do you do that a lot? Like, wear crazy makeup or, like, hairstyles or anything?
2: Like, Um, clothes? I'll do that
1: online. Like, I'll have fun doing that online because it's easier to do. But in the club, like especially here, I won't do that Mm. because like I said, my clientele is usually older men Mm. and they like a girl next door type. So that's who Nadia is. Nadia is like girl next door. So like, you know, the, the long natural hair. Just a little bit of makeup, not a lot, just like men don't know what makeup looks like. So I can literally (laughs) have a full face on and they're like, wow, I love how you look so natural and no makeup on. I'm like, yes, daddy, no makeup for you. (laughs) They don't even know. They don't even know. So I'm the perfect just like girl next door type.
0: Men are idiots. We are
2: stupid.
1: (laughs) They are. They are. So, but when I do want to throw on a wig or do fun makeup, that's cool. I'll play different characters like for different things on OnlyFans or whatever.
0: But That's wild.
1: in the club, I usually stick to my like basic look because it sells.
0: So I'm big on research, education, and in, in a career field. Um, I'm always just like on YouTube looking up videos on like music production stuff like that. So how do you get better? Like how do you progress? How do you improve on your game?
1: I just observe others, like, especially having Twitter is really great because I can see what other sex workers do, how they market, what gets most attention, like, what is it that they're selling? Like, there's financial dominatrix, there's people who are like submissive, there's people who, there's so many different types of fetishes out there, and I love researching them. Mm. I love researching the different types of fetishes so then I can like incorporate that into my work mm. because it's like, while I might not be into something, I know other people are, so I yeah, wanna yeah. cater to that. But I love research. I love learning new things and trying new things. So Absolutely. I'm just always paying attention, really. That's all it is. It's paying attention.
0: Has there been something that you tried and it failed and you were, like, shocked that it failed?
1: Um, there's not a lot. I feel like I, like, do pretty well at most things that I try. But mm-hmm. I do remember there was somebody who wanted me to be, like, they wanted me to be a dominatrix but in a very like aggressive way. So he wanted to be like a sugar daddy, right? Yeah. But he wanted me to come over there and like tie him up and like basically beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And that was his kink. But I never, like, I never went and did it because at first I'm like, oh, I can do this. like, every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you then pump yourself as up. I'm, like, I thinking this. about it, I'm like, I cannot do this shit. Like, <laughs> as much as I would love to beat the shit out of an old man for just, like, no apparent reason. Oh, my God. I just can't do it. That is I hilarious. can't do it. <laughs> I really couldn't. He would have to like really disrespect me in some type of way. And they'll be like, yeah, I'll come over there and like beat you up. Can I bring a bat?
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: I don't know. I could just see something going wrong there too. Yeah. yeah. Like what if I accidentally kill this man? Oh my God. Then I'm God. screwed.
0: Yeah. That's. Oh man. So. Did he have any kind of, like, advice? Did he have any, like, okay, do this to me or he just,
1: he, like. Yeah, he had advice. He was very specific about what he wanted. Okay. Like, he was, like, I can't finish. Like, you have to just torture me the whole time. And I was, like, oh, like, that's too much. I was, like, my. Holy smokes. Listen, like, my specialty is making men finish in less than, like, five minutes. Okay? <laughs> so you're telling me my job now is to make sure that you don't? I don't know how to do that.
0: Oh, man. That's not
1: my specialty. Sure. So I don't know how to do that.
0: So, okay, so have you done it before? Like, have you ever done any kind of dominatrix stuff before? No. And so that would have been the
2: first. Like,
1: I can dress the part and play the part, like, online. Yeah. Like, I can do, I've gotten more comfortable with, like, dirty talk and stuff like that. Because at first I was like, ew, I have to dirty, you want me dirty talk on camera and say, like, That's ew. <laughs> but after a while I got used to it, after I started doing, like, phone sex and stuff, it just kind of came natural. I was mm. like, wow, I'm good at this. Yeah. So I can do that online. No problem. I can say some real crazy shit if I want to do <laughs> But as far as like in person, I just don't think I could do it. Mm. Maybe if I had somebody else like go with me, like another sex worker mm. who was also there. Because one, that would make me feel more safe. Mm. And two, like it would be easier because then we could just like both do it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know.
0: So how safe is that scene? Like, you know, this guy, I'm assuming he wanted you to come to his house. Yeah, probably. So how safe is that scene?
1: It's really not that safe at all. Um, I wouldn't think so. So in cities where sex workers are like full service and they actually like, you know, like have sex with their customers – you have to go through a screening process, mm. and you have to make sure that you don't have your real information. Like, one of my friends, she lives in another city, and she has somebody that she pays that does the screening for her. Like, they make sure that this person is a customer. That's okay. They background check them. They get their information, and then it's a safe, you know, thing yeah. to do. And if, if it happens to be that the customer does abuse the sex worker, then... They are blacklisted, and every sex worker knows about them. But the unfortunate part of that is, since sex work is illegal, so many places, even in places it is legal, hmm. it's just that the police aren't going to help us. Yeah, nobody. If some, if I were to get molested in my club, am I going to get help? No, probably not. Dang. They're like, you're a stripper, you deserve that. Like, you knew oh, what you were coming God. into. It's it's crazy. Like, sex workers do not have the help of the law, and that's why decriminalization is so important mm. it's so important that we are able to just do whatever in, in the sex worker world because if not if we do get abused if we are raped on the job who's going to help us we can't report it
0: yeah because
1: we're technically doing an illegal activity
0: is, is there anybody who's like out there advocating for that like a, a specific person who is you know trying to get legislation for this kind of stuff
1: Honestly, I couldn't think of any specific names at the moment. I'm trying to be a better, like, more political stripper, but there's just not any big known names that I know of that are really pushing for that. Yeah. If anything, um, more, you know, like, politicians and whatnot, they're trying to push towards ending all forms of sex work. They're trying to push it off the Internet sites. Like, I don't know if you saw that Pornhub was recently just, like, cleared of all, like, non— People who weren't verified, which I think is dope. If you're not verified, verified. people who were uploading to Pornhub and they didn't have a verified account. So you didn't know how old they were. You didn't know who they were. You didn't know whose content they're uploading. Mm. So I think that was very important that was passed.
3: Mm.
1: But I think that leading into the future, that it's going to come more towards sex workers rather than abusers. Mm. And that's just part of the problem. Like I said, where people think that human trafficking and sex work is the same thing. Um, they try to push a lot of legislations to end quote unquote sex trafficking, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't actually do anything for sex trafficking survivors or victims. It actually just targets sex workers. Mm. So it, it hurts everybody in the end.
0: Well, this is how you start. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Yeah,
1: it's talking about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably an extreme uphill battle because of what you just said. Like people are, People are already trying to stop it and and mm-hmm. decrease it. So, I don't know. Like, I would feel like for sex workers to get more rights, they would need strong backing. Like, yeah. like a a person who is not only politically uh, involved but also like a major name, like a big name person, would have mm-hmm. to be strongly backing it because which. Right. That's true for most things. Like, if you want something done, you need a big-name person to be backing it with a lot of money.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, ugh.
1: It's just so ironic to me because the majority of these politicians and, like, people in power are the ones who engage in, like, sex work. Like, they are the ones paying for services. As
0: we saw with Trump and Stormy Davis. Yes.
1: Like, I've actually had, like, local politicians that were my regulars. Mm. Were they gonna help us? No, <laughs> no. I've been in other cities where plenty of like police officers like were coming in there, and which scares me because if I if somebody like s- tells me that they're a cop before they like get a dance from me or anything, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, never mind.
0: <laughs> I was actually so. Have you ever heard of um? What's it called? Ugh, I'm about to butcher the name. Is it Smeagle? Not Smeagol. No, Meagle. Omiegel. Omiegel. Omegle, yeah. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yes. Okay, there's that. I was that. Older when I was younger. Oh, yeah? And then there's, uh, what's the other one? Shoot. I actually heard of this other one before I heard of Omegle. It's an it's another thing that's like Omegle. I can't think of the I name I feel like I
1: know them. what you're talking about,
0: but yeah. I can't think of the name. But um, I was using those and, like, rapping for people over that. So, you know, whenever – um. I would like skip to the next person or whatever. Um, I would tell them what I do because they'd see my setup. Like I had a uh-huh. nice mic and uh, they'd be like, oh, do you, are you a YouTuber? That's what I <laughs> always Are you a YouTuber? Are you famous? Like,
2: what do you do? Yeah. So I'm
0: like, yeah, I do podcasts and I'm a rapper. Though. Oh, rap for me. Which I, I kind of felt,
2: <laughs> I
0: kind of felt bad at a certain point because they always say, oh, rap for me. That's I'm good like,
1: practice though.
2: Yeah. That, I ab- like after that. I thought about it, I'm like. Oh uh, yeah,
0: cause I've never done a show before. I don't even know mm-hmm. if I ever want to do shows, but um, I was like, well, you know, this is me rapping for somebody else like i've never I never had to rap for somebody, so I was like, that oh, was kind of good practice as just one person or however many people were, were you know on the video. Mm-hmm. but um shoot, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, I guess just like um the people that you you know, would see on that, you know, Uh it's, it's just random folks, but if they can find out who you are, it's kind of like, Oh snap. (laughs) I remember my
1: first encounter with Omegle, I was probably about 13 Mm -hmm. and my friend and I would get on it and we would just like talk to random people, obviously. But I swear that was the first time ever in my life I saw somebody else's genitals because literally every (laughs) time we would skip one, it would be an old man with like his dick out or doing something crazy. Yeah. There's a bunch of pedophiles on there because I okay. know there's little kids on it that are just going through exactly. it. Exactly. So it was, it was disgusting, but that really like opened me up to the world. I was like, wow, there's, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. This is a thing on the internet.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I would probably say that's half of the people that you get to is just like dudes jacking off. On yeah. That. And it's like, that's crazy because that platform legit could be useful. Like, mm-hmm. just talking about, like, OnlyFans, that people just think it's only, like, strippers and nude people.
2: And nude people. <laughs> nude people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's literally, like, it could be a good platform. Yeah. But people already have a certain um, perception of what it's about. And it's, what you said earlier was pretty crazy. I never thought about that. Is sex workers take over anything that they get on?
1: They literally do. <laughs> I recently learned that, like... Uh, so Patreon, Patreon. Mm. Like when you think of Patreon, you think of artists selling their artwork. At least that's yeah. what I think of, because that's always how I saw it. I don't know if you know about that girl that sold her bathwater that made like hella money.
0: Her bathwater?
1: You haven't heard of that? <laughs> oh my god! There was this uh, gamer girl. I don't remember what she was on. Her bath- <laughs> but I think she was a Twitch girl. Yeah, Twitch. Oh my god, that's funny. and she took a bath. And took a video of her like bottling it and she sold it and she made a fuck ton of money. I couldn't <laughs> tell you the number, but man, I wish I could sell. I, I was like, if if I had thought of that first and started selling my bath water, man.
0: Why can't so you do it now?
1: I probably could and I might. Just do it. You know what? I'm going to add that to my only. What's the
0: worst thing that's going to happen? You sell none? You're selling none right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go home and take a bath later and bottle up my (laughs) bath water. But yeah, I also learned, I think she's on Patreon and Patreon, they have different tiers because, Mm -hmm. you know, like artists would sell like, oh, if you subscribe to this one, you can watch me paint. Or this one, you get like free merchandise and blah, blah, blah. There's actually sex workers on Patreon that have different tiers for different things like foot fetishes or like, uh, you know, girl on girl or boy on girl types of porn or Mm -hmm. just solo porn, stuff like that all different types of tears. I was like, man, we literally take over everything. Yeah. And that's so cool to me, yet all these platforms try to kick us off and we're what make them so successful. Yeah. Like OnlyFans would not be near as successful as they are without sex workers.
0: Nobody would even know what that is.
1: No, they really wouldn't. (laughs) They really, and like, that's sad to say because, you know, other people's professions are valid and they're, you know, worthy of being known. But sex workers just like, we have that power.
0: Yeah. I mean, if... Think of Spotify was like video porn. Like man, you could have playlists and stuff. Man, like
1: that. that'd be so dope, though. That'd be so dope. Yeah, they, like, they should yeah. probably consider that. They'd make a lot of money.
0: Oh, there you go, Spotify. I got you. <laughs> we just gave you a
1: million dollar idea. Billion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I, I don't know. Like if you, if you just try like completely random stuff like that, you know she's she's selling her bathwater like. Oh, shoot. Um, Rachel was talking about somebody, uh, they would sell their socks. People people wanted oh. like, their, like their pre-worn, or not pre-worn, but like post-worn, I Listen,
1: guess. Listen, I socks. know girls that sell their underwear, their socks, their <laughs> dance outfits. I actually just recently learned of something very smart, and I'm so glad I learned it before I threw out my old shoes. Uh, <laughs> one of the girls in the club, she was saying that once she like, So most strippers, we use this brand called Pleasers, which is like the stripper shoe pretty much. And they make all like the stripper heels. Of course, there's other, you know, uh, companies that make them, but Pleasers are the best known Mm. for strippers. And so she said that she wanted to get a new pair of Pleasers. So she sold her old ones for like a good bit of money. Mm. So I have a really nice pair. They were like $200. They're rhinestone. They've been worn out. Okay. Like they are, I've cleaned them so many times, but they're so dark to the point where I can't clean them anymore. Like they're just over with, they're kind of cracked on the plastic too. Like where the the top of the shoe is. Yeah. So I'm like, these were expensive shoes. (laughs) I want new ones. They have all of my secretions on them. Real great. (laughs) All this little magic. So I'm going to sell them. I have yet to post them yet, so if anybody wants them, they are for sale. I should probably do like a bid war on eBay or something.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: On my OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, that'd be wild. I mean, it's your possibilities are endless.
1: Yeah, one thing I won't do is sell my underwear though, because, like I said, I am very spiritual. So Mm. to me, that's just it's too much for me personally.
0: Like selling your soul. Yeah,
1: like that's just so yeah, like that part of my body, like that is just so like sacred Mm. to me and because i make so much money off like sacred parts of my body like the secretions are just like that's too much magic that's too Mm. much power to give to someone i feel like Mm. so i'm not just gonna like sell it and give it to anybody who knows yeah they might put it on a doll and like mess (laughs) with me i don't know they might appear in my dreams who knows it's just too much
0: so where is where does that side of you come from like being spiritual did you always grow up that way or
1: um ironically like My parents were very different. My mom was very Christian and my dad was super atheist. Mm. So I would go to church with my mom and then I would come home and my dad would be like, watch these uh, non-Jesus videos, watch these (laughs) atheist videos. Like as soon as I would get home from church, so it would be like a constant battle. Like Mm. he would want me to think this, my mom would want me like to think that. But one thing I am grateful for with my mother is that when I decided I wanted to stop going to church, she let me. Mm. So for a while I was like, okay, like I want to listen to his side. And then I would listen to hers. And then it kind of just me cultivating my own ideas yeah. of what was basically. Yeah. So now I'm just like a very spiritual person. That's I believe in everything and like nothing at the same time.
0: Mm, that's deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, <sighs> there's probably countless people who are Christian in the South that mm-hmm. aren't you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just
1: like people want to say that they're Christian and then like pick out certain things from the Bible that they want to abide by. But yeah. then like don't abide by any of the other rules. So I'm like how – if we can just pick and choose everything, like I guess I'm literally a part of every religion, huh? Yeah. Like I could I could say I'm Christian. I could say I'm Buddhist. I could say I'm literally anything. Yeah.
0: And that – it really takes out the religion part mm-hmm. of it. And a lot of people make fun of people that like you, like you are saying, they're spiritual. But I mean that's – that's something that is as fluid as you want it to be.
1: It is. It's so fluid. And for me, I just realize how powerful I am as a person, how powerful we each are. Mm. And when you believe that you are powerful and that you can bring what you want to you, or that when you realize that what you put out, you get back, it's really groundbreaking. Like yeah. I did not realize how powerful I was until I was manifesting the things that I wanted for myself. Mm. And even in the times when I would do things that weren't in my best interest and it would come back to me, I'd be like, wow, like I should not have done that shit. Cause look what just happened. You yeah, know? Yeah. So things just always come back around and we are constantly creating our reality every single day. So if I want a different tomorrow, I got to make today different. You know what I mean?
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm a big uh, advocate for people just giving off the energy that they want to get back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, as I was saying, you know, I'm investing in, in my friends, like the people who I see really are striving to do something. I, I can't wait to like buy something that they're doing or like give them money for it because mm-hmm. at that point that's on them if they fail. Cause mm-hmm. I, if I have seen some, Uh, Somebody posted one time, they were like, the reason why a lot of people fail that are from the area that you're from is because people didn't support them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm always trying to share everybody's posts, you know, that I support and, like, support my friends' businesses and whatnot and just do whatever I can to help. And one thing I have realized is that a lot of people in Memphis, they will complain also about people not supporting them, but then they also don't support their community. So I'm just like, if you want help and you want to be successful and network, you also have to help your community. You also have to share people's posts. You also have to invest in other people and that comes back to you. But don't just do it because you want it to come back to you because it won't work that way. <laughs> if you are doing it out of pure selfishness, it will not come back to you in the way that you want it to. No. So.
0: And you can call that spirituality or you can call that just straight facts. That's just
1: reality to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's It's just straight reality. I mean, you – People genuinely will be nice to you if you're nice to them. Like, Mm -hmm. very few people are just dicks for no reason. Like, generally, if you are nice to somebody and, like, show that you are going out of your way to support them or help them, whatever they're doing, they will usually be like, oh, that's a nice person. I'm going to be nice back to them. Mm -hmm. I... I don't know if I would consider myself nice. Like, so my definition of nice is like doing doing nice things when you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I don't do anything when I don't want to. If I don't want to do it, why am I doing it? It's yeah. not genuine.
0: That's that's what I call like being nice. Is, mm-hmm. But otherwise, you're just being generous. Yeah. Like you're just, you know, doing a good deed, going out of your way to do a good deed. So, but I, I feel like. I usually try to take care of people in a way that they'll pass it on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there needs to be certain people who are straight up just teachers. You know, they're they're leading by example. They're not just right. like jumping down people's throat, like you need to do this and such and Being such.
1: Being very critical, yeah. You got to practice what you preach.
0: Exactly, yeah. And I I think I think that is something that um, Instagram is pretty. I guess um, it's pretty weird to watch. So, Mm -hmm. uh, God, what's that dude's name? Supreme Patty. Do you know who that is? I don't. So was this this white kid. um, I'm not sure how old he was, but he was doing all these like weird things on Instagram. And I think it was on YouTube as well. But it was just like, uh, you know, just weird antics, just trying to make a scene. And... Uh, He went by Supreme Patty. I always wore, like, Supreme clothing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there's this one video that everybody thought he was really annoying, but he was getting, like, hundreds of thousands of millions of hits on YouTube and Instagram. Well, he made this one video where he had, like, a ton of boxes of Little Caesars and was giving it (laughs) out to a bunch of homeless people. So he's just, like, feeding all these homeless people. And all the comments under this video were like, you don't have to videotape that, you know, you could just do nice things. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, yes, he didn't have to videotape that and mm-hmm. post it to show everybody he's doing something nice, but he did it though. <laughs> yeah. But
1: he, but he did it. At I the think, end of the
0: day, he still did it though.
1: I think when it comes down to that, like people videoing the homeless, I think it's about the way that it's done and why it's being done. Like yeah. what's the energy behind it From one? Yeah. How is it being done? Like, I saw this video, I think it was a TikTok, where this girl, it was just a picture of this girl with her, or a video with this girl with her phone, and she was, like, walking up, and you, like, you and the viewer were supposed to be, like, the homeless person, like, with the bag and putting the camera in your face. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, man, like, if you do it like that, I feel like you're just being an asshole. Like, you're just wanting the clout. But I feel like if the camera is a way to where, like, they can't really, like, it's not, like, in their face. Yeah. But also you want people to know that they're being filmed. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to take away that level of consent. Yeah. But I think it's just more so, like, if you're focused on helping people and you are wanting to lead by example, like, you're doing it solely to lead by example.
2: Yeah. I don't
1: think there's a problem with it. Yeah. However, I think that you should be letting the people know and ask them if they're okay with being filmed first. Don't just do it and then upload it. Yeah. It's not, like... If I was homeless, I would not want everybody out here knowing I'm homeless. I don't want to be posted <laughs> up everywhere. True. Like, if somebody came up to me with something and they were, like, videoing me, I'd, I'd grab the other shit out of their hand and I'd smack <laughs> the phone out. Get that shit out my face. That's so funny. rude.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's – but in this in this day and time, like, that's all people are looking for is to, yeah. is to be famous in videos and stuff like that. Um, I can't imagine what that's like to be super famous and – all people want to do is whip their phone out and videotape you. Yeah. There's um. There's some video of Logic, uh, the rapper Logic. He's talking about. I can't remember where he was at. He might have been like a McDonald's or something. And he's like, I think he said he was trying to order his food, and somebody like just started taking their phone out and just started like videotaping him. And he Consent, was like, man. Yeah, he was like, Uh, nope. Put your phone down. Hi, my name is. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's the kind of stuff. That's such
1: weird behavior to me. Like, people just act like they have no home training. Yeah. They see somebody famous, and they're just like, oh, my God, like, I have to video them, or I'm just going to run up on them. And it's like, you need to, like, ask consent first. Yeah. Consent is a thing.
0: So how does, how's the whole, speaking of consent, How's the whole thing work in the club as far as, like, uh, oh, especially if you're going into, (laughs) like, a back room.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I tend to like lay it down before I go back there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes my customers will ask me, they're like, okay, what can I and what can I not do? And then some people who don't speak English, like I'm going to just, if they try to touch me, I'm going to like hit their hand and tell mm-hmm. them no. Some people are aggressive and they'll continue to try. Um, some men will just automatically try to like lick my back or something and I just have to like <laughs> elbow Dang. them. And But most of the time, everybody's pretty respectful. It just depends on where I'm at, where yeah. I'm dancing that's that's really it all it just depends
0: how's the security
1: and my club security is good yeah they're, they're on top of their shit mm. they're always there like if i call out like somebody is going to be there but in other clubs i've noticed that the security is not that tight like mm. when i went and danced in chicago um the security like i probably won't go back to this club ever because the club was beautiful i'm not going to name it but the club was beautiful um <clears throat> the clientele though was kind of weird and the security was really rude to traveling dancers like they were just like so aggressive towards us for no reason and i was like okay well at least like they have good security and then one night as we're leaving we're waiting for the ballet to bring us our vehicle and i hear like all the securities grouped up together and i overhear them somebody got into the club with a pistol in their jacket I want to know how in Chicago with, like, so many security <laughs> guys in getting on rack. my ass about where I would need to go
2: yeah.
1: are so worried about me that they let somebody in with a gun. And my, that would never happen in my club. They Jesus. are getting patted down. Everybody's always watching. Like, I, don't, I just, that's so crazy. In Chicago, though, in, like, a nice, nice club, how could that have happened?
0: That's crazy.
1: And then I, I just didn't take them seriously anymore from that moment. I was like, y'all want to act so hard towards me. <laughs> yet you can't even check your own customers. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. You're like, I'm I'm bouncing, never mm-hmm. coming back. <laughs>
1: he pulled it. He pulled it on a dancer too. For what? I, I don't know. He was just out of his right mind. I think he was on something, but That's weird. It was very weird. I'm glad I walked out of there before it happened.
0: What's what's probably the craziest thing that's happened to you in a club?
1: Happened to me. Mm, I haven't had really anything crazy happen to me in the club. Like, I mean, I have annoying customers every now and then,
3: but
1: nothing is super crazy. I've seen like other things happen. Like I've seen fights every now and then. My club is pretty chill. There's not really like fights in there that often. It's Mm. usually between other dancers, but um, there has been a couple between like a dancer and a customer that I've seen. Where customers like try to steal money off the stage and then the dancer is like goes to punch them and then the oh, snap. the, the uh, customer goes to punch them back. Like crazy stuff like that. Dang. But it's usually it's usually a pretty calm environment. Yeah. There's nothing too crazy other than like people trying to video us and then, you know, we have to track down who's videoing what because uh. it's not loud. But that's about it. Nothing too wild. Like I said, our security is good.
0: So – You've got OnlyFans, you've got um, did you say you had a Patreon?
1: I don't, but I was I've been considering making one. Yeah, you
0: gotta start that up and start selling your bath water. My <laughs> bath water, yes. <laughs> you gotta make that money. Maybe maybe
1: even some of my juice if I like spit it back up and put it in <laughs> a bottle. I could probably sell that too. Fresh organic oh, juice with a little bit of my saliva.
0: That's crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta be into that.
0: Somebody will Hey, be nobody steal
1: my idea. I thought of it first. <laughs>
0: So what is I guess like what's your next step like What do you What else are you planning?
1: Oh, I don't I just really go with the flow. I feel yeah. like I like I don't really like necessarily plan things. Like I'll do my research, and then I just kind of jump into it. Like it's just like a momentary thing. I'm like, oh, I feel like doing this. Type 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 type. Next day, okay, I'm doing it now. Mm. Like that type of thing. But I don't really know. Like yep. I'm going to travel in about a week to go probably back to St. Louis and work mm. since my club is closed. But I really do – a goal of mine for this year is to get back into painting more and sell okay. more pieces of art. Maybe make enough for a um, like a venue, like an art show because I've been offered one before but I didn't have enough art for it. Yeah. Or I didn't feel confident enough in my art yet. So that's uh, – of it, Like a part of me that I want to get back into more. Like I said, I have considered starting my own podcast, something that goes along the lines of like focusing on sex work. Yeah. Maybe like all of sex work. I know there's a podcast that focuses on just stripping, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do just that. I feel like I'd want to, you know, take out everything underneath the umbrella and yeah. put it in there.
0: Well, if you need any help, just let me know.
1: Right? Oh, I probably will be in touch about that. Yeah, I no can doubt. use all the advice.
0: Yeah. Um, I've, I've tried to help. Uh, People start up podcasts And stuff like that before So I I definitely enjoy Just being able to You know Let people know Hey Get this Do that Because it's I I want to be Like a bridge In Memphis And as I said I've only been here for Since April 2019 So this Mm -hmm. Coming up April Is Going to be like An anniversary for me To just like Recollect On the On the people That I've Connected And And learned about And stuff So I I enjoy just, like, helping people, you know, start something that they haven't been doing because it's – life is short. It's so (laughs) short.
1: You don't know how much time you have. So if there's something you're passionate about or want to try, just do it. Yeah. Literally just do it. How old are you? I'm 23.
0: 23. I had to think about
1: that for a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like, being at your age, you're – a baby. That's you know what, what everybody
1: mean? says every time they meet me, they're like, You're such a baby. I'm like, I feel old as hell.
0: <laughs> fun, that's
1: funny y'all say that because I feel old as hell, but yeah. I know
0: I'm not. I mean, me too. I'm I'm twenty-eight. Yeah. But I, I still treat myself as if I'm like just graduated high school. And
1: maybe that's what I should do. I feel like I treat myself like I'm a middle aged woman.
0: Yeah, you, you gotta <laughs> like your your outward body will reflect what happens in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like people, you can look at somebody and just know they think they're an old person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you were just talking about like manifesting that stuff. Like I believe in manifesting That's
1: such a good point. I need to start acting younger.
0: Yeah. If you, like, or Rachel. acting
1: my age. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I don't even know what that means though. Yeah, I really I, don't.
0: I think you can act young and still be mature. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have those two things mixed up. Like being having a childlike mindset and being immature are two different things. Right. Because I think people who have a childlike mindset, they might not live longer, but they tend to live fuller.
1: Yes, I believe that 100%. That's a good point. So I guess in that sense, like I kind of do act my age because – as mature as I can be and have had to be, I'm still very childlike at heart. Like Mm. I am such a child, especially when I'm at home alone, I'm just like bouncing all over. (laughs) I'm just dancing around the house, painting, doing whatever. Like I'm very childlike at heart. So I do believe that helps in the aging process as far as like, the wrinkles and the mm-hmm. way that your skin decays, I feel like that is that is a big thing. Your, yeah. your mental health has a lot to do with your physical body. They're very connected.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you see somebody with, like, you know, baggy eyes and they just, like, look broke down, they're probably not mentally, like, thinking young. They're probably... You know, bogged down, stressed out, and it it shows on their face. Like, you know, you see somebody with pimples all over their face, they're probably stressed.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of that. Like a lot of your mental health affects your physical body in the sense like if you are super stressed out all the time, then you are going to age faster. You're going to get gray hairs faster. You're going to – your face is going to get wrinklier. You're just going to feel really depleted. Especially, like, by the things that you might eat or the things that you consume that aren't just food, like what you see on your phone every day. Or if you're just over-consuming things that you don't need that aren't good for you, it's going to affect your physical body.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, how do you feel? um, I guess the best comparison to the question I'm about to ask is, like, bodybuilders who are natural, like, you know, they eat healthy, they work out and then that's it. And then they see these bodybuilders who are on steroids and they're like, man, I want to look like that. But it's like, you can't because that person has some enhancements. Yeah. What about your industry? You see the girls who get like lip injections, butt injections, fake boobs, all that kind of stuff. Like, do you feel as if, uh, first of all, does that affect you mentally?
1: Um, I will say that there are times where I have thought, well, what if I did, you know, change certain things about my body? Like what, what would happen then? Like, would I have more clientele? What, what is the difference in the clientele between what I have and what they have? And as it comes down to it, like a lot of girls think that if they get their body done, they're going to make more money. Yeah. And while you can, but I really just think it's a mindset. Like if I want to make more money now, I can make more money now and not do a thing to my body. But I also just believe as well that if you're going to do something to your body, like change it so drastically, like please do it for yourself and not the club because clubs everywhere have different ideals of women that they want for one. And for two, the club isn't going to last forever. Of course, there's, you know, strippers who go into stripping like their 50s and 60s. That's that's not what I'm saying is that you're going to age out of the industry. What I'm saying really is that when you are doing something for anyone other than yourself, it's not sustainable. You're not gonna be happy like that forever. You're always gonna find something else to change because it's it's based off other people's perceptions. And I just don't really want to get necessarily trapped in that loop. And that's not me saying that I won't ever get anything done. But if I do decide to get something done, it's gonna be because I want to try a new look. It's because I'm gonna be like, oh, well, this body has been fun, but I'm gonna try like another another thing. I'm gonna try looking different. yeah, you know it's, that's the fun part of it is that our body is just our flesh. It's not really. Who we are its just what we're occupying at the moment. So play with it. Like, that's completely fine. I would completely support, you know, plastic surgery. But just make sure that you're doing it for yourself and not just for monetary reasons or for other people or for the club.
0: Yeah, there was um, a, a segment of an interview from uh, Jim – was it Jim Carrey? Yeah, I think it was Jim Carrey where he said those exact same words. He was trying to explain – like, people were calling Jim Carrey crazy And what he was trying to explain was, um, like, your body is literally just a a fleshly thing. And Mm -hmm. who you are is really, like, your thoughts. Like, your thoughts Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is Nadia Cole. Whatever you look like. I'm just looking at a thing right now. Yeah. Like, it's not you. It's just... You just so happen. It's just a vehicle. Yeah, it is like, a vehicle. your body is just a vehicle that transports your thoughts from one place to another.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when he was trying to explain it, people were like, yo, Jim Carrey he's crazy. Tripping, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I, I completely understood it because, you know, if, so you're a, a thin female, you could get huge if you wanted to. Like, you would eat a lot of, you could get fat. Mm-hmm. You could get really buff. But that doesn't change who you are. It just changes yeah. what you look like. Yeah. So it's it's really hard for people to understand that concept. They get too much into what I look like is who I am.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: what you look like just shows us who you are up here. It doesn't really show right. us – who you are as a as a whole – it helps us get a good grasp of who you are as a whole person, mm-hmm. but not so much – it's it's not everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs>
1: and that isn't to say not to take care of your body or not to do things that, you know, yeah. are you know, best for you. But to go an example of that, like when I used to work at the restaurant, um, I didn't look like I look like now. Like when I started dancing, my body started toning up a lot more. But also I noticed that the healthier my mental was, the healthier my physical body Mm. was. And that I'm able to digest certain foods way better now than I could before. Even if they're not the healthiest foods, like if I ate some junk food right now, like a donut or something, before it had been harder for me to digest and I'd probably break out. But if I did it now, just like me saying that I'm a digestible, I'm a digestible. Mm. Like having that mental capacity of being like, I can speak this into existence, then it's going to happen. Yeah. And a lot of people know me as being really, like, healthy or being all about health because, you know, like, I did the juice and I'm always talking about, like, food combining and stuff like that on, like, my Soul Poppy page. So people know me as being a healthy person. But people always ask me, like, how do you get your body look the way it does? And while part <laughs> of that is genetics,
3: yeah,
1: um, part of it is also dancing. But another big part of it is me and my thought process. Yeah, I truly believe that we can literally, like, recondition our bodies to make it look the way that we want to, just through, like, meditations, through breathing, through praying over our food before we eat it. There's so many little details that I feel like people miss out that could completely change their lives and their physical body. And so if I were to get plastic surgery, what I would do is, like, I would pray over my body first, and I would see, like, what is my body speaking to me? Does my body want that? And if I feel like my body is going to reject it, I'm not going to get it. Because there's plenty of women who have gotten like breast implants and then got uh, diseases right afterward because Mm. their body rejected it. Yeah. So I think it's just very important to be in tune with yourself before doing something like that.
0: Do you think of your body and your mind as like two things that are trying to work together or do you think of it as just like one whole thing, like one whole unit?
1: That's a really good question. At times I feel as though they can act separate but I do think that they are one as well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I do believe that we have more than one brain. Like we have the brain in our head, but we also, our gut is our second brain. Mm. So, and that's a part of what we would consider our physical body. So I would have to say that like, it's all one. Mm. It's all connected.
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough to like, especially when you're just trying to make a decision, like you, you analyze stuff and you, you do your research and you try to figure out, you know, what, what you should do. And then people always talk about like, follow your gut. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my brain is, is, is this my brain telling me to do this? <laughs> or is this my gut? You, you don't know. So it's, it's, it's tough when, when you have that kind of, you know, people talk about being woke, like you're, you're trying to find some sort of real reason for things, a real revelation that you're having in your brain. And it's like, is this, is this real? Like, am, mm-hmm. am, am I really supposed to do this or not? So I don't know. Pe-
3: yeah.
1: I think it's just important to feel into your body and your body will tell you, like if people just like took the time to meditate and meditation isn't always like just sitting down and like being still, there's active meditation such as like painting or like working out and stuff like that. If you just really take the time to be with your thoughts, whether you're physically moving or not. I feel like people would like come to a lot of realizations, especially mm-hmm. within their physical body. Like you're yeah. going to learn things about yourself that you didn't realize before.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, on that note, it has been great talking to you.
1: It's been great talking to you too. Yeah.
0: Um, give everybody your everything. So all socials, websites, mm-hmm. whatever you want to,
1: uh, let's see. My Instagram is soul poppy. So that's S O U L and then P O P P I E. And with that, um, I have another Instagram, which is Nadia Cole. The only it's Nadia Cole straight out, but the O is a V instead because somebody already took my name.
2: Oh snap! <laughs> my <laughs> my
1: Twitter is also Soul Poppy, and then my uh, Facebook is Nadia Cole, and my Snapchat is the Serpentress. It's like a serpent.
0: If somebody were to subscribe to you in something, well, I guess I guess OnlyFans would be the thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Is that the for okay. now yeah Yeah, until I open up some new uh, avenues as far as online work
0: oh okay yeah i I think it would be um it would be great to um to be able to work with you with anything um i've I've got tons of video camera stuff um microphones if you need to make like announcements or something like that just let me know
1: yeah I'd love that i I'm thinking about making YouTube this year, so I'm just trying to go out like on as many platforms as I possibly can,
0: yeah. So if uh, the podcast, you're talking mm-hmm. about doing that. So, yeah, just let me know and uh, I'll try to help you out.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that.
0: No doubt.
2: All right. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in and see you next time.